0: You're live in my end. Hey, I'm live. Good morning, uh, CMR Land. (laughs)
1: Eh.
0: On a good-looking Tuesday morning, 87 degrees right now, 102 is the real feel. 79% humidity and winds right now out of the south at uh, 13 Mm. miles per hour. Bit of a crosswind takeoff and landing this morning at Owen Roberts International Airport. And right now looks like the National Hurricane Center website map is clear for the Caribbean. Good morning.
2: Wow, beautiful weather report. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank
0: you. Yes. All right, Tim.
3: Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's spilling the tea with Sandy.
0: K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you on Kiss FM by J. Michael Fashion. Everyone. Good morning, Sandy.
2: Hey, good morning, Blake. How you doing?
0: We are good. What's up?
2: Fantastic. So, yes. Um, let us start with the Bahamas celebrating their 50th year of independence. So congratulations to Bahamas. That happened yesterday. They um, did it in, in high fashion Uh, Lots of um, ceremonies, but it's the National Day of the Bahamas where they uh, marked their independence from the United Kingdom all the way back in 1973. Mm. Mm. All right. So Yeah. Interesting. And congratulations to them. Uh, Today is Tuesday, but we're going to have someone actually from the Caribbean joining us because we're kicking back off our territories talk uh, this week right here in CMR, which is every uh, Wednesday evening. Okay, so the police are making some headway. And all these robberies that we have had, they said that they've arrested four people and recovered two vehicles um, related to the recent recent spate of robberies. And individuals, um, let me hear you. Sorry by that. Sorry. <laughs> these individuals um, also uh, are going to be looking at some firearm related offenses. Uh, this took, uh, obviously, the weekend operations took place this weekend, July 7th through the 9th. And they've arrested a 22-year-old, a 26-year-old, a 20-year-old, all from Georgetown, and a 21-year-old man from Bodentown. So this is good news. Um, Hopefully, they've got the right individuals. Um, Normally, they're back out on bail in tutus, so Uh there's that part of the legal system that maybe needs to be tightened up a little bit. Uh, The police also announced that a uh, Kim and Brack man, 22-year-old Cody Parchman, was sentenced to 21 um months. Oh, sorry. Yes. 21 months in prison for a number of offenses, um, including drug related offenses. Uh, he was given a 24 month, sorry, suspended sentence for some of the offenses um, to begin following his re- release and his list. I'm going to send you the link for you to have a look, but let me assure you that his list is like a mile long. I mean, a whole page by itself mm-hmm. so chief inspector malcolm Kay from the sister islands he's a sister islands area commander has said this is an excellent result for kim and brack um as you well know we have been sharing how kim and brack has been struggling with drug mm-hmm. problems and a lot of people say that this is one of the main culprits so we'll see if it helps um remember the um doctor in the u.s um larry nassar 59 years old disgraced sports doctor Uh convicted of sexually abusing female gymnasts Uh apparently he was stabbed multiple times in a prison altercation um he's in a federal prison in in uh, florida and this incident happened on sunday and it was reported that he was stabbed twice in the neck twice in the back and six times in the chest wow so he suffered a collapsed lung, but they say he remains in stable condition as he continues to serve his 60-year sentence. Pretty, pretty wild stuff.
0: Yeah, they don't look kindly among uh, pedophiles in prison.
2: Yes, right? and I, in, in theory, I have nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, you know, I'm like, hey, it is what it is. That's prison life for you.
0: That is.
2: There is your, your news headlines this morning.
0: All right, thanks, Sandy, and we'll catch you uh, coming up on Bobo 89.1 FM, and then also see you tomorrow. Absolutely. Four Wednesday headlines. All right, time to style up this.
2: All right, folks. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Okay. We're going to get ready here to kick off live on Bobo 89.1 FM. Make sure you say Bobo and your favorites in case you haven't already. In your car. Y'all got your little um, radios. Yep. Dial it in. Save it. Mm-hmm. Yes, honey chill. Um, let me just grab some links and I'll play some beautiful music in the interim. That's not the beautiful music.
3: better, better, bolder, bolder, the cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's community radio, we are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger,
1: bigger, better, better, older, bolder,
3: and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more.
4: I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold our true Now,
3: from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live! direct it's the cold hard truth now now join the conversation on 345-936-2626
4: that number again is
3: 345-936-2626
2: Truth, we're here for you. Hope that you guys are having um a fantastic day. Everybody good? Um just checking on a few things here. Oh la la, what a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. All right. Okay. So everybody good? Just um, sending my web guy a couple notations here. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Sometimes things are lost in translation. Good morning to everyone. Everybody having a good Tuesday so far? All right. We're going to kick it off here. Um, beautiful day in the Cayman Islands, of course. Um, I say that only because I've been out walking this morning, you know, when you get a dog, even, even the little small ones who don't want to go outside in the heat, I must tell you that, uh, one of the good benefits is you get a little bit more steps in for the day. You get to walk a little bit more than you ordinarily, um, would be, which is a good thing. Um, but (laughs) I tell you what, this dog Zeus, he's no fool. He's like, listen, it is too hot out there for um, you know, <laughs> for long uh protracted walks. Like, let's make it quick. And I'm like, I'm I'm all about it. Do your business and then we can get back inside. But yes, it's it's hot this year. I know y'all claiming that, oh, it's always hot. I'm like, nope. This year is a little bit extra. Ooh. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. All right. Let me send out and everybody and WhatsApp is waiting for me to send out the link. So give me one quick second. I'm going to do that now. Um, uh, yes. Okay. Let's do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All right. So we're going to be talking, uh, we've got some guests lined up for this week, by the way. So we're going to have, um, a young lady joining us this morning at a nine o'clock cayman time she's in a different time zone but she's going to be sharing with us the territories talk which is going to be um coming up here shortly and um let me see now Mm -hmm. yes so she'll join us this morning to tell us what they've got on tap what's going to be happening uh, we've got, I think the premieres coming on this week. We've got the step people coming on. Minimum wage folks, um, I'm waiting on them to actually do a final confirmation. But they were supposed to come on last week. And I think they're still waiting on some data. So they may not be ready yet. We'll see. And then who else do I have? I have um, Ms. Tiz from Recovery coming on this week as well. It's a busy week. We got lots going on. So let's uh, um, show some good K-Mankind manners. And um, we're going to move straight in then to, uh, we didn't get to finish the CUC conversation yesterday. And actually, they're going to come on tomorrow morning as well. Yes, honey chat, Everybody's coming on this week. So Miss Vernita, good morning to you. Irvin is here front and center. Stephen joining us all the way from the UK. Good morning to Olivia. Um... Everton, thank you so much. He says, I'm the first one in class. Well, I don't know, Everton. According to me, Miss Renita was here at 649. She was there a whole 30-something minutes early. She's always early. (laughs) She doesn't want to miss a thing, honey. Uh, Morna is here. Miss Alice, Juanita, Miss Iva, uh, Tamika. Yes, good morning to you. Ervalyn says, I know, Bobo, you can't take that number one spot. She was in front of you, too. <laughs> now, listen, you don't get points for showing up to class early, but you do get points for being here on time. You know, Diamond Princess is here. Um, Alba says, Buenos dias. Como estas? Bendiciones. Buenos dias, mama. Uh, Miss Ethel is here. Irvin says, my radio doesn't work. Are you sure it's not locked? Because I've had people say this before. They're like, oh, my radio doesn't work. And the lock the lock thing is on. So you've got to unlock it to turn it on. Double check it, honey child. Because we actually checked all of them before we <laughs> distributed them and programmed Bobo 89.1 in the first slot for you to make your life as easy as possible. So it worked when we take, took it out of the box and put it back in. Mm-hmm. So the only other thing you might have to do is charge it. H.A. is here. Andy, good morning. Um, From La Saiba, how's La Saiba? A lot of people going to Honduras for the summer. Marshall, good morning. Isseline, good morning to you, my dear. Miss Lily, oh, I see somebody else walking their little pooches this morning. Oh, they're so cute. There's two of them. They're just so adorable. Uh, I think those two are mother and daughter. Walking together, uh, Andrea. Good morning. Uh, Dean says so. Very good, Sandy. Thank you, um, to my Abba father. Good morning. Felicia's here. Irvin's having a good laugh at Everton. Says he's going to beat her tomorrow. All right. I hear you there. Good morning to Paul, Jeffrey. How are you? Elsa, Catherine, joining us from the UK, I believe. Omeria says I'm here all the way from Prospect, Georgetown. Woohoo! Yes, honey. Yeah. Why not? Um <laughs> Irvlyn says so she's sitting in the front of the class because she needs to she needs to see the board clearly. And we we try to add a lot of clarity to um matters here. I don't matter who is first or second, but I'm in class, Bobo says Miss Morna. That's right, honey chell. All right, Kara, you haven't missed anything yet. We're gonna kick it off. So listen. Yesterday morning we were talking about a couple things. Um and I want to sort of pick back up on the CUC one because a lot of people were actually sending me their um oh what the hot mess. Thank you, honey child. Um a lot of people were sending me their um, mm-hmm. Whew, hold on now. a lot of people were sending me their cuc bills and in fact they were showing how their bills have gone down not up listen folks cuc can't crook you cuz you only pay for what you use i think that's that's the little thing that people seem to forget y'all acting like cuc has some kind of secret device in your meter that's forcing you to use more electricity you pay for what you use it is a consumption type business Yes, and so you don't use none. You're gonna pay very little because there is no such thing as not using none, I suppose, um, if you have anything plugged in. People don't seem to appreciate uh, what they have plugged in and how much it costs to run these things. So um, all I can say folks, is you know cut back on your usage. And I suspect that there are a lot of people, who can actually do more in terms of, I'm trying to do something really quick here. There's a lot of people who can actually do more in terms of cutting back. Who is at my door? Knock, knock. So there's, there's a lot that can happen in terms of consumption. Um, Tell who?
1: Hmm.
2: Um. <laughs> Okay, give, give me one second here, folks. They're supposed to have a picture. All right, one quick second, folks. Um, let me just sort out something. All right, my good people. My apologies for that. Um, <laughs> house, housework, things going on around the place, honey chill. So uh, one of the workmen needed some further instructions.
1: Mm-mm-mm.
2: You want to make sure they get the good instructions and get it right. You know what I'm saying? Because they get it wrong. Auntie Sandy, not going to be happy about that. So better to ask than uh, not ask. <laughs> All right. So, um, so yesterday we were talking about CUC, like I said, they're actually going to come on tomorrow because obviously they pay attention. They're listening to y'all. They're hearing your feedback. And I must say, um, honestly that I'm a bit surprised at some of the people who are posting stuff. Um, because I have to wonder how much they can improve on their consumption. So I don't know what to tell y'all. Listen, I saw somebody sent me their consumption. And I was like, does this person realize they're using over 3000 kilowatts per month? And I said to myself, remember I showed you guys my usage yesterday. Oh no, this is somebody else's usage. That's definitely not, I wish I had that one. Where's mine again, hold on. You know, I'm considered one of those. um... Oh my goodness, these people. He said that that's not here, what? Ugh, all right. Um. Good grief! All right, hold hold on one second, folks. It looks like we're, it's like we're going to have to um give some further instructions. But yeah, so I was looking at my uh, usage yesterday, and um, I can tell you that you know I'm considered um in the higher end category cuz i'm over that um uh what what's the average person i think the average household uses about um is it 2000 remember when they did that um come sir when they did that whole thing with the um when they did that whole thing with the the what do they call it the discount or whatever that government gave you where they paid it It was for the average household, and I think it went up to like 2,000 or whatever. Everybody else beyond that, that's because that covered the majority of households. So just give me one quick second, folks. Again, <laughs> my apologies. What a hot mess. Okay, making sure we're all on the same page, honey jail. So, um, so yes, a number of you actually sent me your um your bill. And again, you know, looking at the consumption, some of you, your consumption went down since last month. Good on you. Um, you just have to be more cognizant. I think that people just don't, I, I don't, I don't know. People aren't thinking about it until they receive the bill. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, um, it's a big deal. Well, I'll tell you what. Based on what I have seen, it is possible for you to manage up to a point. And I think, again, uh, one lady was saying how, you know, she has gone as far as turning off her um, her electricity, her, sorry, her, what's it called? Her AC. And she's just going without it. Bills, $438 and less. I'm sorry, but I'm just not buying that somehow it's CUC's fault what you're paying. When you look at your bill, okay? So let me just pull mine back up because I'm going to do that now. Let me just pull up my bill. Hold on one second. When you actually look at your CUC bill, the vast majority of that bill is actually the fuel factor. So here's my bill. Look at this. Let's look at page number two that actually has the bill. And again, if I, for let's just say for argument's sake, um, give me one second here. So let's just say for argument's sake, I am going to dissect this bill, right? Over 3,000 kilowatt, that's considered a high-end user once you get into 3,000 plus or even over 2,500. Despite that, okay, I've got solar, so I saved myself $380, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Then I have the energy charge, $415.49. The fuel cost, $578.78. So if we didn't have to pay fuel, let's say theoretically there's a way for us to not pay fuel, which obviously you can't because those (laughs) engines are using fuel. CUC is paying fuel, so you pay fuel. And to make sure we're crystal clear on this, CUC does not mark up the fuel cost. It is done at cost. So, more than half of my actual bill that I ended up paying was for fuel. $578 of a 334 um $334 bill is for fuel. That's more than half. That's y'all yeah, do the math that's more like 75% isn't it any math people do um what is 570 let's round it up to 579 what percentage of 579 no what percentage of 330 734 is 579 is that am I saying that the right way but you know what i mean forget the percentage that's closer to probably 80% of my bill is actually fuel factor because remember now the energy that I paid, right? So the four hundred and fifteen dollars and forty nine cents. That's my actual usage. So that's three thousand two hundred and forty six kilowatts at uh, thirteen cents. We're gonna round it up 0.128, right? Um, let's ignore the miscellaneous fees, which come up to a little bit more. So if I if I only had the four fifteen, which is my energy charge to pay, right? Minus my solar, which is three eighty. I would basically have no bill if it wasn't for that fuel charge. Like I said, there's a cut, there's like a $12 charge for facilities fee. There is something for the renewable energy. So yeah, those add up to maybe another, maybe another uh, 70, 80, 90, maybe another hundred bucks. All right. But literally $380 if I was to really just kind of break it down. So I go four fifteen. dollars uh, 0.49 minus 380 because they apply it. That's where they apply the solar discount to like that part of the bill. You can't get it in the fuel, obviously, because the fuel, again, is a pass-through. So my actual energy charge after solar is $35.37. That's what I would pay if there wasn't anything else attached to the bill. But oh, lo and behold... Here comes $578 in fuel alone. That took my bill up to $614. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That fuel factor, which CUC has no control over, they're passing whatever they pay. So it's basically 120 bucks difference, right? What they pay is what you pay. But I'm really flabbergasted and shocked at how many people are not even looking at the details of their bill. They want to cuss CUC and they want to carry on the most, but ask them what their usage is. Ask them to look at their historical usage. They, it, although it's right smack dab in the middle of the bill, they don't have no idea and they can't tell you. That is someone who, despite what they claim, oh, I'm being energy efficient, I'm doing this, I'm, do-, I'm like, you can't be energy efficient if you don't even have any idea what your usage is like. How can you not know? You see, I've known for a long time that I'm a high-end user. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why I ain't quarreling with nobody. I use it, right? I used to have a retail space. I would monitor it. I sign up for the alerts. Chantelle, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm I'm with you, girl. Um, She says, math isn't my strong point. Tony Chow, that's why we're English majors and that's why we went to law school because math is not our strong point. We would have been engineers or something else if it was. So they said math isn't my strong point, but is it that the fuel costs on the CUC bill should be reduced per rata because you've used less of their energy on the basis of your solar though? I think the fuel cost should be less for someone with solar rather than charge at the full kilowatt. No, well, I mean, (laughs) I guess at the end of the day, my solar discount goes directly towards the energy that I'm using. So the energy that I produce goes against the energy that I'm using, but I still use that fuel, which is separate and apart from the solar component. So you got to pay for what you use. So CUC isn't going to offset. And let me show you how they do it because they make it very, very clear. So you see at the top of the bill, I'm sorry, I can't make this any bigger, but do you see right there that first thing says facility charge, that's $12 and change. Energy energy charge per kilowatt. So that's what I'm paying for my three thousand. What is it? Three thousand two hundred forty-six. And then right after that, they immediately deduct the solar because the solar, um, the core credit, is coming out of that energy there that um, I used. So they're putting it towards like what I generate towards what I use. It can't come off of the fuel because I'm still using that in fuel, so I still have to pay it. It would be nice. I mean, theoretically, that would be awesome if that line item is all the way down at the bottom. But again, this is where you got to understand, even when you're signing up for something like solar, you got to understand exactly how it works and how it's going to benefit you. But listen, at the end of the day, $330 less is $330 less, right? When you complain about solar, I'm like, listen, when we first got solar, our very first bill was like sixty something dollars, and then after that, we were in the negative for a very, very long time. Our consumption has increased. That's why we are no longer in the negative, right? And I know why our consumption has increased because I had a, a retail space, a separate office space, was paying another five, six, seven hundred dollars for that bill, and uh good foresight, before COVID, I decided after a couple years of being there, three years going into four years of being there, my neighbor wanted the spot. And I said, huh, you want the retail spot? Let's talk. And we negotiated out of our lease. So I'm saving that on the retail end, figured out that I could probably still do everything from my home office, you know, not have to worry about it. But that means that I'm home more, right? I do my show from home. Remember when I used to do my show from my location at Pasadena place when we were there in the evenings and whatever. So I had all that computer equipment, all that stuff there. But you know, you got to look at the the real cost of doing business. So, I am now paying more on my CUC bill as a result of moving the business home. Yes, that's true. You know, server room is here. Those are computers that are on 24/7 and have to be kept at a very particular temperature. And that temperature is cold when you go in the server room, right? So that's an additional cost. But look at what I'm saving. I'm, sa- I'm still saving on CUC because I don't have a, a complete whole bill. I'm saving on rent. I'm saving on water. You know, there's other things that, you know, add up. Even my gas money, like driving up and down, I probably don't drive up and down quite as much. Think about how you can cut back folks. I get it, I understand how tough times are and that we're all penny pinching. I think that you just have to really understand um, how to penny pinch, where to penny pinch and don't try to blame other people when it really has nothing to do with them. I'm still trying to find that bag of groceries that I was telling y'all about, what I got for $50 in Jamaica. Oh God, I had so many Jamaica pictures. I can't even find the bag of groceries, but let me just tell you, it was nothing spectacular. Um, It was just a bag of groceries and it cost me $50 CI. And I, I kind of looked at it and I thought, hmm, I said, Caymanians are not going to believe me if I tell them that I paid $50 for this bag of groceries. I'm trying to find it. So I said to myself, let me take a picture of this. Because I want to be able to show them what $50 gets you in a Jamaican grocery store. And it's probably about what $50 can get you in Cayman. Same thing. I didn't see no different. And in fact, I kind of chuckled to myself because I thought, I don't know what the exchange rate, I mean, my Jamaican friends and family would probably have to explain it to me a little bit more. But, you know, I think that our dollar being a little bit stronger um, you're going to have more earning potential here than you would in Jamaica. So don't ask me y'all tell me is life any easier in Jamaica? Is it cheaper? Really? You're making maybe a little bit less and then they have all sorts of taxes and stuff that we don't necessarily have. So I don't know. As as my aunt Lotta used to say, it's six and one half a dozen of the other. You know what that means. In the end, it pretty much works out to be the exact same, right? Still trying to find that bag of groceries in jail. Um, oh, we took so many pictures, and we were up and down all over the place. What a beautiful country! So many mountains, and oh, absolutely gorgeous. Um, I find like, I find when you're driving the scenery, when you're driving to different places is really, really gorgeous. Um, one of the interesting things I found about Jamaica, I mentioned it to my husband because I think that, oh yes, here it is. Oh good. I just found my $50 worth of groceries. Hold on. I think that, um, you know, when you travel abroad, you make observations. Sometimes I guess maybe they're not always accurate because you're kind of taking it from your own uh, point of view. But you, you make observations about their way of life and, and certain things. One thing I noticed in Jamaica is that they don't paint a lot of times the side of the wall. Like they don't finish the side of the wall. Um, so I said to him, I said, isn't that weird to you? And he really hadn't noticed it, to be honest. Uh, so he was like, huh? And I said, I noticed a lot of the buildings only have the front finished and painted and not the side. He just never really paid it in mind. And I said, isn't that weird? Like, I think that's weird. He's like, eh, whatever. I mean, I think visually he's just used to it. So it never really occurred to him. Like, this is different. In Cayman, if a building is finished, like we finished the front, the side and the back, like everything. And there they just paint the finish, like the, uh, I guess, smooth it out, whatever, concrete and finish the front, But when you're driving by, you still see the signs. I'm like, that's just so weird to me. And then I was thinking about a country like Cuba, which I've had the opportunity to visit um, numerous times. Um, they tend to not even paint at all. They leave a lot of things, just the raw concrete structure, right? I love paint because I think paint can add so much um, like texture, like to visually to a place, right? But it's listen, I guess if you, you know, maybe pain is just something that's considered a waste. Um and it just doesn't make any sense to them. All right, so here's my $50 worth of groceries in Jamaica. Let me show y'all. Um hold on one second now. So the oh, this was a, um an old style phone that I ran into that I thought was so cute. Obviously it doesn't work, but it's still on the wall in this one restaurant that we went to in Mo Bay. Um, Ervlin says that her bill went down $52. Uh, you know what? It can't be that, that CUC is sitting here thinking how to hoodwink some of us and not hoodwink the rest of us. I mean, come on. Leroy has moved to the front of the class today. Go Leroy. Go Leroy. All right. So this is my $50 CI. So whatever the conversion rate was in Jamaica, Marlon did the conversion. He's like, yeah, that's $50. So basically I just got a couple snacks. Uh, we were going to like an Airbnb, so I stacked up on some snacks, and we are going to be doing a lot of driving up and down, honey chill. So I got my snacks. I got a shower gel. I got a couple waters. waters. Um, I think I got some batteries in there. And I was trying to think what else was at the bottom. I don't even know. But <laughs> all I can tell you is it wasn't very much. That's $50 right there. $50 CI. What else did I get? I'm trying to... Um, So I got some Dove, some Zest Body Wash. I'm just trying to look at my receipt here. Enlarge it. Duracell batteries, Um, Listerine, like the small little one. And then the rest of it was snacks. Yep, that's $50 worth of groceries. One little bag. And it wasn't a full bag. I assure you, you can see where the top of the bag is. This is like half a bag of groceries. Uh, One thing I loved about Jamaica, and I want to say we could really take a lesson out of this part of their book, is when you go to the grocery store, nobody's giving you plastic bags anymore. All of it, those single-use plastic bags are gone. Now I know those of us, including myself, who love to reuse them like garbage bins in my home. That's how I reuse them. Um, I kind of do miss them in a way, but they're not good for the environment. So they you either have to purchase the reusable bags or bring your own bag. No, I didn't go in a single grocery store where I saw any of those plastic bags. I thought, wow. Now you guys have seen in the news recently that the government here is moving ever so closer to making single-use bags um, a thing of the past. And quite frankly, you know, it's gonna be an adjustment, but single-use bags are actually horrible uh, for the environment. Yep. They take up a lot of um, space in our landfill. They're horrible for all sorts of animals, everything from our sea life, turtles, fish, everything. Um, It's just one of the worst things that we can do is, uh, you know, continue to put more plastic in the environment. So I'm here for it. I think that we all have, um, you know, had to make adjustments. And those adjustments those adjustments include being able to help the environment a little bit. So I'm I'm all for it. Sometimes I feel like I I, I feel so bad. I'm not I'm not an environmentalist. Trust me. Um, Marilyn always says you got to cut back in your consumption. Like I'm one of those people, and part of it is I'm a little bit of like a germaphobe, a little bit. So. I don't like to like think about the germs or like unstuff around me. Like, I'm like, oh God, let me not think about it. Cause it just gives me the bejeebers. Um, So I don't like to like reuse things. Does that make any sense? Which is not good for the environment at all. Like I am kind of a single use. Like I want to be able to wipe my hands with that thing and throw it in the garbage. Like I'm not going to be reusing it every time and spreading germs again. all over. I'm like, no, the idea of that just gives me the, ugh. So, um, but I get it because he points it out to me like, why do you have to use that tissue once? And I'm like, what do you want me to do with it? I'm not going to use it a second time. <laughs> so it, it is a conversation piece for sure. Um, you know, in the kitchen, you've got your kitchen rags. I'm the person who's still going to go to the paper towel and use the paper towel. The kitchen rags are there to look good. <laughs> They're not really there for me to use. I'm like, you want me to wipe my hands in those? And also white dishes in those. Like that's transference of like all kinds of germs. That's what my brain thinks. And so I don't do it. So I try to compromise though. You know, I think that there's always a compromise out there. So um, I don't use, I have a dishwasher. To me, a dishwasher is a complete waste of water. Although the appliance people are like, miss, you have a dishwasher. If you don't use it every once in a while, it's actually going to go bad. Like all the the parts are going to just fall apart. And I'm like, really? I, it's just there for looks. And they're like, uh, no, it has a functional purpose. You got to use it. So I think we should use it maybe once a month just to keep it going or whatever. But I don't believe in using a dishwasher. You know, Aunt Lottie's like, wash your dishes on your hands. What do you got hands for? I'm like, that's true. So I, uh, I hand wash all my dishes. We hand wash dishes. And then instead of drying them with that um, cloth, which I'm already like, Mm, just leave it and let it look pretty. We just air dry them. We just put them in the little, what's it called? Um, what's that thing called that you put your dishes in? Dish drainer. We just put them there and then that's it. Let them air dry. And then when they're air dry, we put them away. Leroy says, I love the rivers in Jamaica. Oh my gosh. Beautiful rivers and mountains. I mean, I must say the scenery is beautiful. You do get a sense when you get in a more congested area though, you do see a lot of the debris and the litter everywhere. And I really, really wish that everybody, including Cayman um, could really step up its efforts. Listen, there's gonna be a beautification campaign launching here shortly. We've got to clean up this country. My God, when I see the debris and the garbage that people are just throwing everywhere, that's, ugh, that's just not us. It's just ridiculous. Michael is claiming that solar is not financially viable by the time you've saved what the system costs, the system needs replacing. Well, I mean, I think for our solar, I mean, I'll have to double check with um, Green Tech, but it's like 20 or 25 years. That's, listen, a savings is a savings is a savings. Every single month, if I'm saving anywhere between, and it does vary obviously based on the sun and whatever, but if I'm saving anywhere from three to five hundred dollars a month, in twenty years, um, hold on, twenty years times how many months that are in the year? Twelve. That's two hundred forty. Is that right? Y'all math people help me. Times say the average is four hundred because I do know that goes up and down. That's ninety six thousand dollars. That's way more than I paid for my solar. I think those of you who are naysayers with solar need to go revisit the concept. In 20 years, if I saved on average, $96,000, that's a good chunk of my mortgage. That's money I could be throwing on my mortgage every single month. And here's a joke about it. If you were really smart and you took the savings that you're getting on solar on your CUC bill, and you put that towards your mortgage every single month, you're gonna save even more than that because you're also knocking off the additional interest that you'd pay. So I'm sorry, Michael, I cannot agree with you. To me, solar makes sense. That's why we did it. And one of the reasons why we did it when we did it is because of the, um, the rate that they are, um, like you resell it at, I think we are at, hold on, I have to look at the bill again. I can't remember what we locked in. So we locked in, our core rate is $0.26 cents for the core credit. So that's our, that's our, you know how CUC charges you, the rate is now 0. 0.128 per kilowatt hour. We're reselling it basically at 0.26 to them. So you see how we're making money. But as more and more people get on the core program, my understanding is that that rate actually changes. So they only do so many people at a particular rate. And then the next batch that opens up is gonna be like at a lesser rate and it just keeps going down. So it's it benefited us to get solar when we did because we got a better rate. And that's one of the things when we were looking at it, we're like, oh, well, you know, we could wait on this solar decision and just kind of like, you know, keep thinking about it forever. Or we can just bite the bullet, go back to the bank, and the, listen. Let me do a big shout out. Just came a national bank this morning. They have multiple options available for you. And I wish they'd come on the program and talk about these things. I don't know why banks don't want to talk to people. I keep telling them y'all need to do a better job. I don't know who's in charge of marketing communications, but you know, people want to um, people want to hear from you. Right. They have at least, I think, three different options that they made available to you on how you can finance your solar. And so we were kind of like. Early end of this particular mortgage, let's just roll it into the mortgage. It just makes sense. Like, it's not going to make a world of difference in the actual payments that we're making. But the savings that we realized, imagine going a whole year and not paying CUC. And really, it depends on your house, because again, factor in, uh, you know, the, the solar company will tell you the best pl- sort of place to put your solar and all that kind of stuff on the roof, where you can put it, how many panels you can do, so on and so forth. We didn't get a battery. So, you know, had we spent another whatever thousand dollars to get the battery, we could actually be saving even more money because we'd be storing um, energy whenever possible. So we opted not to do that. But even even with that option not added on, we went at least a year, if not more, of having no CUC bill whatsoever. The first month was 60 something dollars because it was already like half of it was when the solar wasn't there. And then boom, we started to go into credit every single month. You know how good that felt? To get one bill that you didn't have to pay, honey child. Woo. Mm-mm. So not so hot says if the savings cost me the same as the loan, what's the point? But it doesn't. I think y'all need to sit down and speak to, um, you know, one of your financial, go to the bank and speak to somebody who has sense. Cause not all of them do. You got to speak to somebody sensible and just work out the numbers and you'll see that it makes complete sense. Um, so hot says solar panels lose their efficiency year after year. But one thing that you need to do is make sure you buy quality panels. Not all panels are created equal. And the beauty of the panels that we have, I don't know what kind of panels y'all getting, but the beauty of the panels that we have is we actually comes with a system, like a monitoring system, where you can actually check the health of all of your panels, and if you need to replace one, then you just have it replaced. And I believe with the, um, I mean, I'll have to double check what our contract says, but you know, it comes with an um, actual warranty on those panels and stuff as well. Don't go cheap for something like that. This is the mistake you're gonna make. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry wants to now be in the solar business, and everybody's like, oh, you know, so and so, um, so that they can do it. Uh huh. I'm sure they can, but what kind of job are you gonna get, right? These guys, I'll I'll personally endorse Green Tech any day because I can tell you the job that they did for us was top notch. Um, They work with different um, inspectors and their architectural team, uh, the roofing. I mean, they work with a whole team of individuals. It's not just throwing solar panels on your roof because one of the really important things that you've got to be careful with is the weight of the panels, you have to make sure that your roof can support the weight of those panels. So one of the things that we discovered, thank goodness for this, really. And I'm glad that we did it because we would not have known that whoever built this house, they didn't really put in enough hurricane straps. Don't know how planning improved it. But when um, they had the engineering team go and check everything, they said, hmm, you're adding additional load to your roof. You're going to want more hurricane straps without a doubt because there was like barely enough, like not really enough kind of thing. And they said, yeah. So then we ha- we did have to call in some roofing people to add additional straps. And they came back and checked it again. Make sure that it could handle the load. Because the last thing you want to do is spend money money on your solar panels. And all of a sudden, the first little storm that comes across your roof gone flying off um, because, you know. <laughs> you, your roof couldn't handle the load. Here's the other thing that you guys are not thinking of when it comes to money. Now, I'm no financial guru, but I love to save money. I love to learn about money. Actually, I was listening to um, some millionaires the other day. Um, the one lady there, uh, Cochran is her name, Barbara Cochrane, I think. She's on Shark Tank and her and some other guy. They were saying that saving money is not how you become a millionaire. And it makes total sense when you think about it. You're saving it and getting what interest rate? They're like, what you do with money is you invest it on something that's going to make you money. You know? And I'm like, yeah, that's why people do stocks and bonds and property and all kinds of stuff. They're investing their money. Mm-hmm. Putting it in the bank in a savings account or putting it in the mattress is not going to really help you. That's not how you become a millionaire. I'm just saying. So, um, one of the other things that you guys are not thinking about, when you get solar, it actually adds value to your house. Did y'all think about that? Y'all sitting here complaining about, oh, well, you know, does that really offset the mortgage payments and blah, blah, blah. you just added $100,000 in value to your house. Cha-ching! Anything happens and you got to sell your house, you get more money for it because you have taken the time to invest in solar. Stop looking for reasons not to do something. I'm just saying. It don't even make no sense some of the excuses y'all be coming up with. Hmm. hmm Anyway, y'all sit there and argue with me all day if you want. But I'm telling you, it makes good sense. Good morning to Johan. Alejandro's in the house. Um... Uh, Ms. Vernita says, one thing I love about that beautiful place is that you can buy retail. You can get half a pound of flour, sugar, et cetera, even just a, a pint of r- rum. And I think they're keeping, they're much cleaner there. Well, I think they're keeping there much cleaner than here. You mean in Jamaica? Well, I wouldn't go that far, Vernita. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say Jamaica is cleaner than Cayman. Maybe you're drinking a little bit too much of that pinta rum. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's it's all a matter of, um, it really is just a matter of perspective, I think, at the end of the day, right? Came out as a small place, but I must tell you that there's a lot that we can get here, even for a small place in terms of the variety of stuff, that you can't really be. Uh, one day I was looking for ice. I'm just going to tell you all this really bizarre story. So we were driving from Kingston to St. Mary and I could feel an episode coming on with my feet. So um, I was doing a bit of walking. What helps? There are different things that I have to do with my feet. One of the things that does help is sometimes I have to put ice, like do an ice pack on on my feet. And so I was like, Marlon, can you stop at the gas station and get some ice? Honey, child, we went to five gas stations. We were literally getting to the point where we're going to be entering Junction and there would be no gas stations. Five gas stations and not a single gas station had ice. I was like, is this a joke? (laughs) Seriously? I was like, where's the ice in Jamaica? And as hot as it is, I'm like, everybody don't have ice or what? I was like, Marlon, where is the ice? And he's like, I don't know he kept going because we forgot to get it at the grocery store when we bought that $50 bag of groceries. That was some of our road snacks. And he's like, oh, we'll just stop at a grocery store. I'm like, you sure you don't want, I mean, we'll stop at a gas station. I'm like, you sure you don't want to go back to the grocery No, 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 we'll just stop. Honey, child, five gas stations later, no ice, no ice. I was like, this to me is just weird. You know where we actually had to get ice from? You guys are not going to believe it. Don't, don't I have a gift certificate to give away? All right, somebody call me. Guess where? I'm make sure the phone is on. Guess where we eventually got ice from? If you can guess, 936 Bobo is a telephone number. I'm gonna give you a gift certificate to Popeyes or Burger King or somebody. Um, give us a call. If you can guess where we actually had to get Marva, you're too smart. Try and go sit down. Um you guys are good, but I want you to call it in. I'm not going to say what you're saying. You need to call it in. Love Lopez said KFC. That would be funny, right? Well, you know, KFC better have ice gel, giving people them drinks. Um, Damien says every country has a little bit of clean and dirty area. Not the hotel, but some of y'all got it already. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who's going to win this morning? Good morning, caller.
5: Good morning, Sandy. Good morning to your listeners. It <laughs> had
2: to be a liquor store or bar or Yes, we had to. Well, oh, not, I didn't go in, but Marlon went inside a bar and the bar had ice. <laughs> I oh was like, God. listen, I was not complaining at that point. I'm like, just give me the ice. I'll take it. <laughs> Absolutely. And get a little liquor with it. Oh <laughs> my gosh. And it was the big, it was like the big, big clunks of ice. Like they had chipped it. It was yes. in the little cubes. I was like, you know what? That works even better for what I'm going to be using it for on my feet.
5: Look here. I am so. sure you had added some white rum to that. Your <laughs> foot would have been healed afterwards.
2: Oh, my goodness. All right. I'm going to hook you up with something. Thank you. I'll buddy. message you. You're welcome. <laughs> Damien asked why. What's the reason they don't have ice? I don't know. They just didn't have ice. <laughs> I mean, I have no clue. Oh, my goodness. I went to a gas station this weekend. Um, The one there on um, close to Burger King on West Bay Road and um they had a little bucket i don't know i guess they don't have the machine that disperses ice but anyway they had a little one the little um what do you call it the little uh coolers like that little miniature one with ice in it and it said 75 cents for a cup of ice but i actually had my own cup because i was begging water over it, came out of base of course i still had the cup and i filled it up so when i went to the register i said oh yeah i have a cup of ice he said oh Don't worry, you brought your own cup. So I said, oh, your sign says 75 cents for the ice. You're actually charging for the cup. And he said, yeah. So I said, oh, that's good to know. Um, Good morning, Romelia. She says that there's some kind of cleanup project there in January. I just hate to see how people treat their environment. Like some people just have no, like they don't care. They just throw garbage down any and everywhere. And people just burn garbage. And it's a mindset, I must say. And unfortunately, I think at one time, Caymanians used to be more prideful in their environment and their surroundings. I guess maybe some people never had that pride. Um, But that seems to be changing and not in a good way. This listener says it makes no sense to clean up. We need laws that mean something and then we'll see things change. Should be able to fine them about a thousand dollars for littering for the first fine and thereafter keep increasing it. I agree a thousand percent with that. Oh, there's an accident already this morning. Oh, Lord, let me see where this one is now. Uh, this is by um, Island Paving, it's between a truck and a car, it looks like. All right, thank you, caller or listener to the program, for sharing that. So, if you're in that area that's heading towards Industrial Park, um. Be careful. Okay. Let me see. Um, so this person said, oh, we'll talk about the Brian situation here in the morning. Oh, my God. All right. We'll 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 get to the Omar situation. Somebody just sent an update. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. What a hot mess. Lord Jesus. Such a horrible situation. All right. So let's talk politics um, a little bit this morning. So on Friday, the um, opposition issued, I think they did one video and one statement. Now credit to the opposition. I guess they don't have anything else to do. They are um, releasing a lot these days. And so they did this statement. Let me show you all this one. It's a statement on a further delay with opening of the Poinciana Residential Mental Health Facility. Okay, honey, chill. I want y'all to read along with me. And uh, we're going to get this right. Is this the right window? I think that's it. Yes. Okay. So this is their statement that they sent out. I don't think y'all can see it. Let me increase the says. Oh, you still can't see this. The text is so small. All right. So this was July 7th. That's Friday, I believe. And they sent out this statement talking about why this facility has been delayed again. So first, let's put it in context, right? So we've got um, Barbara Connolly. Go, Barbara, finally asking a parliamentary question. You mess with you, look at you trying to get re-elected after all. Have a look at this. Elected member for Georgetown South to ask the Honourable Minister of Health and Wellness question 27.
5: The elected member for Georgetown South.
6: Thank you Madam Speaker. Madam Speaker I rise to ask the Honourable Minister question number 27 on the order paper standing in my name question can the honorable minister advise whether the mental health facility is still on track to be handed over at the end of june 2023
5: honorable minister for health and wellness
2: madam speaker answer based on the latest update from the project managers of the pontiana residential mental health facility located in High Rock East End, I am pleased that the facility remains on track to be handed over at the end of June 2023. I have shared for um, my colleagues of this Honourable House a picture attached to my response that reflects the progress in pictures of covering 15 months from February 2022
5: to May of 2023. Mm-hmm. All right. Elected member for Georgetown South.
6: Thank you, Madam Speaker. Um, I wonder if the, minister, the Honorable Minister could advise when it will become operational. Do we have a time frame for that?
5: Honorable Minister for Health and Wellness.
2: As I have been informed, they we're waiting for the handover, which is still on track, as previously stated in June. The actual operation date, we will inform. But I will inform my colleagues and yourselves as soon as that exact date becomes available to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So this facility has been um, in the works, as you guys know, for a very, very long time. It's one of those things that the last government, you know, I said that... It, it's almost like if this government, if we were gonna name this government anything, we should name them the finishers because they seem to be finishing a lot of projects that were just um, long and and, you know, just ugh, never never got finished kind of thing, right? But this mental health, um, Point Siena, now they've named it mental health facility, is um, really needed and has taken, taken forever to even get to this point where we're almost there. The last government just couldn't deliver it. And I don't know why that is, because during COVID, the one thing that they could have done is they could have sped up the construction on it because God knows you know, construction companies were shut down otherwise. Maybe government should have given them one of those special passes, those special permits, to get out there and work on some of their projects, like give them the clearance, like test everybody, test everybody every day. But those workers had nothing else to do. This facility could have been finished if during the lockdown, they allowed them permission to just go work on this facility. So on the 7th, the members of the opposition, they said the members of the opposition are disappointed that despite firm assurances, um, how did she word it? I don't know if I'd call that firm assurances, but okay. Given to Parliament on June the 8th, Minister Turner has announced a further delay of three months for the much-needed mental health facility to be handed over to the government. In Parliament, the minister also provided the House with photographs showing the progress of the facility and presumably served as a further indication that the facility was on track for completion by June the 30th. I don't know if that's what her intentions were, but stand by because I'm going to tell you all something here in a second. In this instance, I suppose photographs were not worth, as the saying goes, a thousand words. Ooh, honey chat. I need one of those sizzling buttons. Go go there, speech writers for the opposition. Y'all getting salty and I love it. Uh, there is still much work required to recruit and train the necessary staff for the facility, to work with families and clinicians on plans for the safe return of patients from overseas, and to develop the necessary community health services. That will support the effective operation of the residential facility. Mm-hmm. So we cannot afford any more delays," says the people who couldn't get it done. But anyway, we'll come back to that. However, we are pleased that Miss Marcia Amoy Mullings Thompson has been appointed as head of the point sienna Residential Mental Health Facility starting this week. Miss Mullings Thompson seems eminently qualified, and we trust with her assistance, the remaining staff will be taken on board relatively quickly to prevent any further delays. Bringing the facility online and operational will help immensely in filling a needed gap in mental health care. Inner islands and other gaps remain to be filled, but bringing the facility online has the potential to revolutionize uh, the mental health care for Caymanians who need it while also reducing the cost of overseas placement to the government. The project was begun under a progressive government. Mm-hmm. They begin a lot of stuff, but don't finish much, but anywho. And we are keen as the minister to see it completed. So we shall continue to watch and to ask the minister as to the progress being made. Well, I'm not so sure they had to ask her because she actually released a press statement before this saying that it was delayed. <laughs> uh, progressives, y'all really paying attention? Politics, that's all this is, is politics. So I'm gonna break it down a little bit. <coughs> Sorry. First of all, um, this facility started, let me take out my little black notebook. Cause you know, I got to take some notes around the place. This facility started back in, uh, somebody said, Barbara woke up or what? Yes. Sir. Somebody wrote that question for her, mess with her. I like Barbara. I just don't like her as a politician. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, there's a difference. All right. So this facility started way back in, Oh, Lord. Oh, when did they start it? Um, 2019 was the groundbreaking. So October the 8th, 2019 was the groundbreaking. And they would have you believe that they left an almost completed project. But have a look at this video. Look at this. Have a real look at what, how much work. I mean, yeah, some of the cottages, um you know a lot of cottages, cottages are there um so you can get a good visual not from pictures because they say picture's not worth a thousand words but i think also um a video will a certainly show cool you a lot long more long-term residential mental health facility with minister turner
7: along with her chief officer and a few other members of her so they toured it staff. recently the and there's still a lot of work to be done. Of ...walkthrough of the three main buildings, which are the main
2: cafeteria, administration, and coffee workshop building, which is built and equipped
7: to shelter all staff and residents in the event of a hurricane. I
2: guess they're getting there. Let's be fair. I mean, look, outside. the mountains of stuff outside. Um, you know, I don't know where the fixtures are. Uh, some desk and stuff are built in place. But there, there's a lot yet to be done. Yeah? It's coming along. Now, here's the thing. Anyone who's in the um, construction business will know if you're trying to build a house right now, good luck to you. May the Lord bless you and your house. Because you know the situation of getting anything done. Planning. I don't know where Minister Jay is this morning, but can we talk about planning as a sub um, section to all of this? Okay. Um, right now, the Department of Planning is woefully understaffed. When I say woefully, you're all going to be surprised. They barely have inspectors. They barely have um, people in the building control unit. You know, nobody, no one is there. <laughs> I hate to say it, and the ones that are there are overworked. Big shout out to the ones that are there. Mr. Egbert Jackson been there forever. Mario Wood, you know, these guys are hanging on. Uh, People go there, they quit real quick because of the stress of, um, you know, the workload and and what they say is probably not the best pay in the world. And it's really hard apparently to find Caymanians who are interested in um, working and planning and who have the relevant experience. They need to to train up some Caymanians now because that department could probably use another 10 people easily. They need the help. And so one of the biggest things that's happening right now with this project, we put up a story yesterday, is that there's a back and forth. Well, our source told us that it didn't pass the electrical inspection. Another source says, well, that's not entirely correct. It's just that, you know, they come back and say, no, you need to do this. No, you need to do that. Let's just say that the planning process is going to take a lot longer for them to get through, just like anybody else who's in the the, the planning phase of getting anything approved right now. So if you're building apartment complex, you're building a house, you will know the average time that it's taken for anything to get past electrical, MEP, right? What is that? Um, uh, mechanical, electrical, and plumbing? Yeah, it's going to take a minute for any of that stuff to actually get passed by planning right now. Shortage of staff being the number one issue. Mm -hmm. And so there is a back and forth about, you know, what needs to be done. Um, There's no fire inspection. They've not even gotten to that stage in the process. Is this the minister's fault? This is where politics come in. So they're, they're holding the minister accountable. Okay. But the minister is being held accountable for a PWD project. So Public Works is in charge of managing this project and having the different construction companies and subcontractors and whatever build out the um, the units, right? And to finish it. And then what they do is they'll do like a formal handover, a little ribbon cutting ceremony. Yay, we're open. Here's the keys to the ministry. In order for them to get to that point where it's actually going to be deliverable, you get a, a, a certificate of occupancy, a CO, Well, if the minister was told originally the end of June and now because of planning delays, electrical back and forth, oh, this plumbing issue needs to be sorted, that needs to be done. How are you going to blame the minister for that? Is she wearing a hard hat and going out there as project manager with a whip saying, hurry up and get this done, this done, this done, push planning? No. So the minister has to rely upon the civil service, in this case, public works and then public works is relying on contractors. Contractors are relying on their workers and planning, and they're all trying to push this project and get it done by a particular date. Well, um, these things happen when it comes to projects. Yeah, I, I would really be hard-pressed to see a project that is not overrun in terms of budget and time. Does this project have budget overruns? You better believe you're your bottom dollar. I even hear that one contractor company, AAA Construction, having some shortages, and they were uh, in charge of doing some of the final touches the completion of the cottages. So this is how it works. They can't say on June the 30th, well, you guys told us June the 30th, so we need the keys on June the 30th, whether the project is done or not. It is, (laughs) I mean, that would be ridiculous, right? The ministry is going to take on that liability of an unfinished project. In my mind, since this has been going on since 2019, the progressives themselves couldn't deliver a finished project. I think what they need to do, yes, we're all pressing for it to be done, but it has to be done right. It has to be done within certain, you know, quality um, matrix and standards. And the process is the process. Does planning get preferential, does planning give government projects preferential treatment when they apply for inspections and stuff? Well, I hope not. They should get in line just like all the rest of us. And it just is what it is. So it's pushed back to September. Are they going to make the September deadline? Only God knows. One thing we know is that they are a lot closer to finishing than they were a year ago. It is a priority for this government. Now, here's the thing with the civil service. This is where the civil service, sometimes I do scratch my head with these chief officers and stuff, right? Because I know for a fact, and this is where the progressives, I think, make a really valid point, and they should know because they didn't push their chief officers to do it while they were in. They're saying that, you know, what's the plan for, um, let me just bring back up their press release. Essentially, what's the plan for, bringing in staffing and all that kind of stuff well guess what there is no plan like i said the progressives should know they certainly didn't leave a plan in place (laughs) Aye, aye aye what's the plan we all want to know what the plan is because all this time that you're building this physical structure you would think that logically from you started it in 2019 civil servants, chief officers, that someone would have been working out the plan of how we bring people back. What's going to be the assessment process? You can't just jump up and take the 16 people that are mostly in Jamaica and be like, oh, we just want them back, give them back to us. Those people are settled in an environment, in a structure, in a program, right? For potentially years now, that they have gotten used to, they're on treatment programs, et cetera. So where is the plan to bring those individuals back? Hmm? Where is the clinical assessment for the relocation of those persons? That could have been started separate and apart from the physical structure and the physical building of buildings. So when I hear that that plan doesn't even exist, and we're talking about a facility that was already late in opening, I have to sit here and shake my head. Is it that they were waiting on this Marcia Amoy Mullings-Thompson to be appointed? It's not necessary to appoint her in order to have these plans in place. It's almost like doing a business plan. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You sit down with your team. You've got your mental health professionals. They're going to be the most important part of this. And you work out how this is going to work. Are all 16 patients going to be able to come back? Because I don't think this facility is going to meet all of the needs. Y'all need to listen to me carefully now because some of y'all being hoodwinked. This is not going to meet all of the needs of all of the different types of mental health patients. There will still be some patients who might fall into this sort of um, what they call acute mental health that may need some sort of additional assistance that came in even with this mental health facility will not be able to provide. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? It won't be a one facility fits all. It might be that, okay, the objective of this facility is to be able to help 80% of the people and return 80% of our people, but there might be some that cannot come back. Hmm. I don't think y'all thinking about these things. Remember the little guy that we had highlighted? Um, he's not a little guy, he's a man, uh, but he has obviously mental health um, you know, needs. He was in Jamaica, his family jumped up, ran to Jamaica, brought him back to Cayman. I have no idea how he was released. I really, to this day, question why the facility released him there. Who in Cayman authorized that? And it seems like the family, their only concern was trying to get their hand on his, get, on his NA, NAU benefits and paycheck. Yeah. So they brought him back to Cayman and he reverted right back to eating out of dumpsters, dumpster diving. Such a sad situation. Where is the legislative framework that will not allow something like that to happen here in Cayman? Once someone is in, a, in the institution, they're institutionalized, they're in, a, in the facility. In the Point Sienna facility, right? Because you have family members who are located here in this jurisdiction, the facility is just right this so. How do you control access to those patients to make sure that they're getting the best possible care without the interference of these so-called family members who may or may not have the best interests of the patients at heart? That's an important consideration. It's a little bit more challenging to jump and go to Jamaica or the U.S. or wherever we have our other patients. When they're right here, uh huh, them family members feel like they can just come in and out of their lives like nothing, disrupting their treatment plans and progress. So what I would suggest to the ministry now, they're not responsible for the delays. That's not their fault. That's fine. But I'm going to hold you all accountable for the fact that since this facility started way back in 2019, you've not even come up with a draft plan that is going to be useful to um, clinically assess and relocate the patients that are overseas to see how many of them are going to be able to come back. That is something that they could have started all the way back in 2019 under the PPM administration. That is the directive that the political arm, the progressive political arm, could have given the civil servants, the chief officers. Get this done. This government is bloated with a lot of chief officers. And I'm sorry, but sometimes I wonder what it is that they do for the high-end salaries that they're collecting. Other than planting trees. Planting trees, that's so wonderful, but it's not enough. Meh, not enough. We have to address some of these civil servants here in a minute. Do we have a halfway house? hmm Right? Um, I understand that there are acute mental health patients that have gotten worse or their predicament is worse because you're not just dealing with the mental health aspect of it. You're also dealing with drug addiction on top of it, which compounds any mental health issues that you may have. If you think you got mental health issues, honey gel, start mixing that with crack, with um <laughs> really any drug, but um cocaine, crack, meth. Um, I don't think we have too many people here on fentanyl yet, but it's coming. And then you'll understand how much worse the situation is. Get it, get it done. Get it done. We're saying that this facility is important, but we don't want a half run facility, you know, a facility just isn't going to really meet the needs of the people just to be able to say, oh, you have a beautiful um, mental health facility. It has to be practical. It has to be useful to the people that need it the most. Okay. Now, I don't know who Ms. Amoy is. Uh, We'd love to have her in the program at some point. We can hear what her vision is for this facility. That's great. No clue who she is. Um, Hopefully she's up to par and she is ready for this, um, no doubt, very, very challenging position. Make sure y'all hire professionals that know what they're doing and that are worth their um, pay that they're going to be earning. Right. We need to make sure that our mental health patients can be treated with dignity and respect, but also with a very, very firm hand. And there's a lot of people here in this country who suffer from mental health issues who are not capable of accepting that they do. And they pose a very different and unique set of challenges. All right, that's all I have to say about it. Yes, it's delayed. Um, It's logical and understandable with projects, why and how this could happen. Um, You know, I think Johan said, oh, the progressives is doing what they're doing. That's fine, that's their job. But they also have to be realistic. How many projects under their remate never got done, never got completed? It was a whole lot, right? And it's fine to pressure and push people. Yes, that's what the opposition, like when's it going to get done? Put the, keep the pressure on. But, you know, let's look at their track record as well. How many projects did they actually get completed? And it it's not so much about them. They understand the process. Public Works is responsible for doing it. And things happen with contractors, right? Hmm. And I see one government project yet that was ever on time or in budget. All right. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know your hand. You're having a conversation with someone. I'm not sure who that is. Um. Oh, I think it might be Leroy who says, "Why is Sabrina wearing PPM colors?" Um. Listen, I addressed this yesterday when I was wearing red. Please, K. Don't get in this mentality about PPM versus anybody else. They're the only party that exists right now. There's no other political party in this country, (laughs) which is kind of funny when you think about it. We don't have parties entrenched in our system quite yet. Yes, the constitution is there. I guess it's entrenched from a constitutional perspective. Um, They can, you know, register as a party and so on. A A country that has a party of one, that's not really a party system. But let's not, let's not use this, um, you know, let's not use this, I don't even know what to call it, lowbrow um, political um, thinking about colors defying a party and all this kind of foolishness. Ideologies should be defining parties, but as we can see, no party in this country has an ideology that you can look to and say, oh, well, they, they support you know, um, conservative fiscal spending and they're, or they're socialists or they're this and they're that. They don't have any ideology behind the party. So what's the point? They're all personality driven. If you like Al-Din, oh, you're going to run and go join the progressives. If you don't like Al-Din, you're not going to be a progressive person. That's stupid. Right? The party changes leadership. Um. Oh, if, if you like, um. if you like, hmm. Uh, what's the new leader mr mctaggart you're gonna jump on with the progressives and even they themselves can barely hang together uh flipping and flopping all over the place so i would encourage your people to not think about things like oh well, you are in that color that means that you're progressive or you're this or you are that it's just stupid i hate to even hear it i hate to see it um and we just need to get away from it. Wear any color of the rainbow your little heart desires. So I don't even know what the colors of the PPM is anymore. Whatever. Marva says, hold on, Sandy. When was this question posed? Was this the month of June 2023? Because that's, that's the date bring th- being thrown around here. But we're in July. Yeah, that was just last month. That was in the last sitting of parliament. Good morning, caller. Yes,
5: um, morning.
2: Morning, my dear.
5: I didn't know PPM had made the color red. I thought anybody that won't wear red could make it. Sometime <laughs> I went knee height as Doc's tail. I know the color red. I didn't know since,
1: since,
5: right. part politics, since part of politics come in that they made red. Uh-huh. Anybody that can buy it, wear it.
2: Exactly.
5: And I think, too,
2: um, I think she was actually wearing orange, not red. So. um, Yes.
5: Yes, but he don't know colors. I, my grandbaby, my grandbaby, had no, that's the same thing with her. Yeah, was, that is orange. No colors, boy. Boy, she had no colors. planted people do no colors.
2: Uh-huh, that's but, orange, not red. Yeah,
5: but I have more orange than it is red. Ah,
2: of course. But, you know, like you said, who cares? Wear whatever color yeah, you want.
5: People, people got to come on air foolishness. <laughs> I guess I got to get bashed for it, but they know me, they better do call and say nothing because I will be calling
2: back. Aye, aye, aye. Thank you, honey,
5: yeah oh we're coming
2: mouth. oh we're coming into leo season now honey jam. Yes,
5: I, I tell them my sign rep my mouth represents my sign a lion do not jesus. um um don't grow um grow like they grow up with, one time i remember they had a, a um uh credit union meeting at the hall and when i wanted to address something about here's the maker saying no i don't need make i got loud voice right? thank god for jesus <laughs>
2: thank you, my dear.
5: Okay, bye. Have a good
2: one. Yeah, that color is actually not red Leroy. So I think that kind of defeats your, your point. But anyway, um, she's wearing orange. And I must say it's a really, it's a really pretty color in her. You know, people of color of a particular color um, who have a little bit more pigmentation can get away with, I find brighter colors, by the way. I think that looks really good in her. And by the way, let me do a big shout out to Barbara. I don't know if she's still working her full-time job or if she decided to be a full-time MP again. But um, in terms of colors and what she's wearing there, she's wearing a nice lilac color uh, with a dress underneath. Bar- Miss Barbara, you look good, honey child. And I love the glasses. Yes. Give our ladies a little shout out looking good. Uh-huh. They know how to represent. Okay. But none of that makes or breaks a politician. You do com- com- comprehend what I'm saying. Um, so yes, the question was posed last month on the 8th of the month. Um, Obviously, the minister was told by her people, whoever from Public Works, that the um, handover date would be, um, you know, the end of the month. Now, how they're so far off and it's now been delayed by three months, only God knows. That is a question for the civil servants over at Public Works. How do you how do you get off by three months? And is that three months going to be another three months and another three months? That's a question for them. That really not a question for the minister. The minister can only tell you what they told her (laughs) and what they said. Right? She's not part of the project management team. Okay. Uh, Johan says, wake up, K-Man. PPM have proven that they cannot be trusted. Look at their track record. Well, you know, they're trying to rewrite history, Johan, and they hope that, um, you know, we will forget some of that, but we're not going to be forgetting that. Marva says PPM is checking up to ensure that all of their projects that they started two terms ago, eight years, is still on track or near completion. Really? They should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, Johan says, bro, don't bring the gang mentality to our politics with designated colors because no political party or group in the Cayman Islands has a defeat. Oh, you must have been reading my mind, Johan. Defined or clear political ideology that separates one from the other group, they all get uh, bought by the same players on corporate man that pick off the weak ones Mm -hmm. and providing financial support all year round, but really make and counting, but really make and and count, but really make and count during an election campaign year or campaigning season. That part didn't make any sense, but we get the gist of what you're saying. All right, a picture's worth a thousand words, says Val. Val is laughing. RD says, wonder if any qualified Caymanians will be getting any jobs there. Well, I don't know um, how many qualified Caymanians we have in the area of mental health. I don't even know that. So I don't know. But hopefully they'll apply. It's not about getting a job, you have to apply. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they will apply. And if they're qualified... Um, You know, they should be offered the opportunity. Um, So Perla says, I remember that they promised since 2019 and 2018, it was mentioned to start and finish as they started the deadline, but it's not done too long now and we need the facility for people. Well, yes, but I mean, again, it's gone over multiple administrations, so I'm not sure it's the administration that you can blame. It's the other elements of the project. Um, Stephanie says, Sandy, you have, Sandy, you have, but guess what? They don't want to train them. Okay. So training people in a mental health facility, that might not be the best training ground here. You might want people that already kind of know what they're doing and won't be making too many mistakes. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Nikki says, and Shandell have to use a fine teeth comb to go through everything. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny that his name would come up. Because I got to tell you, when they were talking about electrical, I said, oh Lord, I bet you it's him. I bet you the problem is Shandell. If y'all know Shondell, you know Shondell. Shandell goes in there and starts assessing stuff that don't even fall under electrical he's an electrical inspector and he'd be looking at plumbing well this plumbing thing is not up to standard. It's like dude that's not your job <laughs> leave that part to the plumbing inspector oh he is something else i've heard some complaints from everybody from the solar guys straight down who refuse they don't even want to work with him they're like can y'all save us from this guy move him to a different department he doesn't have the right skill sets to be um, an inspector, it seems like he really is very, very hard. As as, as Nikki says, he's gonna use a fine-tooth comb and then some. That is his mo. To the point where people have complained that he's absolutely ridiculous. Like trying to get anything passed through him is just like r- stupid, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. The ministry has received complaints. Everybody has received complaints about Chondale. Oh, my God. It's funny. But he don't don't look like they can move him, honey child. So I don't know. Um, So they've had a ton of jobs listed in government for Point Sanat. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Natasha says their jobs have been advertised. I don't know where those jobs are or whatever, but go check them out. Uh, Mary says, while planning delay, ins- delay inspections, people are having to pay interest on their mortgages plus paying rent. It's ridiculous. And let me say this, this, um, Mary, when it comes to, um, you know, the real implications of inspections that are, you know, being delayed, no fault of the project managers necessarily, no fault of the contractors. That's a real concern. As Mary said, people are paying (laughs) for this quite literally. If you have a mortgage and you've gotten a drawdown and whatever, and planning is taken an exorbitantly... um, you know, long time to get to you and to get stuff approved, it is a real challenging situation. And so I don't know who's listening this morning, but whoever is listening, uh, minister, find out what they need and hire people. And if we don't have k here for those inspector positions, because I know they're difficult to fill from a qualification perspective, then guess what? It speaks to the fact that maybe planning has not had a whole lot of um, legacy training programs in place within the department. What has been their recruitment throughout the years, right? I, I would love to hear um, what their, um, what, what's the word that I'm looking for um, in HR? Give me, somebody help me out here. Uh, when you're supposed to be planning ahead in terms of like your hiring and positions and that sort of thing. What's that word that I'm looking for? Um, oh Lord, I've got it on the tip of my tongue. and It's just not coming to me. Anybody can help me out here. Let me see who's, let me see who's half paying attention. Uh, HR people, where are you at? Um, succession planning. Thank you, Sue. Yes. Like, where is the succession planning for the department? How did we, how did we get here where we have bare bone staff and no succession planning? we should never be in a situation where you guys are on the ball this morning. Yes. Thank you so much. Where we have so few planners, you know, I get that a few who maybe were qualified and were slated to go in have left because they just not taken the stress and whatever. But um, you know, yeah, we need to see that, that succession plan for the department, which should have long been in place. Oh my God. Leroy talking about a bribery. No, 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 no. We we don't bribe our inspectors in this country because we want it to be done right and done to code. Uh, so Liana says is the best inspector, because it's been lots of red flags being bypassed. Then you wonder why accidents happen in the future. Contractors just need to abide by the law book. I don't know. There's a lot of people that would disagree with you, Eliana, but I'm glad that you, you know, if you've had experience with him, that you found him to be good. Um, RD says, well, the reason I ask is because we saw the mess the qualified foreigners made of the Kays Foundation, and as I suspect, these will be the same people who get employed, but hopefully not, because yes, the Kays Foundation is, ugh, oh my God, in, in dire need of a, of a complete overhaul in particular when it comes to staff. Having said that RD Limited, it's a little bit different running a boys and girls home as opposed to a mental health facility. Like you need very specific types of um, experience and qualifications as well. So hopefully uh, it's to standard. So I see my guest is here. Thank you so much. She was helping me out too. She's like succession planning. Uh, Sometimes when you're doing the show, the brain is just like, you know, the word or the phrase, and it's just not coming. All right. Um, So (laughs) JD makes me laugh with this comment. He says, what in the blood versus crips I hearing? Yeah, it's a color. Yes, I'm begging you people to please don't get entrenched with this political nonsense. As I've said, Tell me what the ideology is of the progressives. What do they stand for? Nothing. They stand for nothing, fall for everything, whatever, right? Um, they Listen, I give them credit where credit is due. They do tend to be very, very organized, um, you know, more so than the other group that we have in there right now, who sometimes, because they're not really a cohesive group as such, sometimes they're flying by the seat of their pants. And you can totally understand How being an organized group, if you want to call it a party, whatever else, it certainly makes your life easier when people have it together, even just an organizational perspective. But they all have their infighting and their back and forth. And, you know, I don't care about that. I care about trying to get people who are qualified to run this country and who ultimately have the best interests of the people at heart and not their own self-interest. Okay. That's why I can ride with you and as soon as you start showing me your true colors, that you're not about the people's business, you can't focus on trying to get our finances sorted out, you know, initiatives that are going to help the people of this country because you're too busy and they're trying to chase somebody's skirt. You and I are going to have a falling out of epic proportions and we're going to be done. And it's just as simple as that. And I tell my, my MPs, please do not take it personal, right? I can like you as an individual and think that you're a horrible MP and you're a horrible representative for the people. And you shouldn't get insulted as far as I'm concerned. I know they get up in their feelings, but as far as I'm concerned, you should really, really, really shouldn't. Because I can comp- compartmentalize and separate the two things. Um, Mary says, if you have gone to DART, I hear. Oh, um, Madam, give me one quick second. Let me talk about the DART organization really quickly. Yes, there are people who have left government and gone to DART. (laughs) I chuckle because I'm going to be honest with you. I think that DART has figured out the formula for stealing government's better and best employees. It is ironic to the hills. I mean, let me tell you. Okay. Recently, they recruited. I mean, I don't know how long she's been working there. Probably over a year, so I shouldn't say really recently. But the young lady who was over at worc it was before they did the change, I think. Well, anyway, she was like a training manager in government over at, um, who was the area called before they did the whole WORC changeover? Um, oh, Lord. The employment section where they would do training and whatever. Anyway, Dart has recruited her for their hospitality training program. Um, I, yeah, yeah. Her, her name will come to me. NWDA. Thank you. Oh God. You guys are the best. Yeah. So remind me of her name, Diane Conley. There we go. So Miss Diane Conley was over at, um, NWDA heading that up training. They, they poached her or she left or whatever you want to call it. And now she's over at the DART organization, um, running their hospitality training program. This is good. It's a good thing in a way because um, a lot of y'all like to complain about the DART organization. But to be honest, they, um, the it's, they, person says she also used to work for the project development um, at Tourism. Nice. So that makes good sense and why she would have been qualified, amply qualified to run their t- hospitality training program. So, you know, I'm not mad at the DART organization for hiring Caymanians. I'm not mad at them for hiring qualified Caymanians. I think it's just sad that maybe government can't hold on to people who want to be high performers. Because, I mean, that's going to suck for us because maybe that means that the government um, is going to become more and more mediocre. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying, I know DART paying good and offering good benefits, good good for them. So if they're poaching some of the bigger, uh, not bigger, but some of the brighter Caymanians from government, well, maybe government needs to have a look at... um, at uh, you know, ensuring that they can be a bit more competitive. So I know that some planning people, some project people um, have all left government and gone right over to the DART organization. Now, let me give the DART organization a big shout out. They recently made an announcement that they are actually, um, as part of their, their hospitality program, they're partnering with a company called, or institution called, Lit- is it Lynch University? Um, hold on. Let me just find this. Mm-hmm. I know we covered this story, but this is good. Um, so again, their hospitality program is growing, and uh, they partnered with Lynn University. My apologies um, for hospitality training. So they made this announcement last week. This is a Florida-based university, and this collaboration will mean that young Caymanians with three mo- get this three months. Um. On the job, training and exposure across a variety of roles and all of the DART hospitality um, properties. Of course, they've got the Ritz-Carlton, Kempton Seafire, Resort and Spa, um, Hampton by Hilton. And then they're going to have, oh, what's the last one that's coming on board? Mm -hmm. Somebody tell me. Anyway, so there's another one that's going to be coming on board here, I guess, probably late this year. Um, So, you know, DART has a portfolio of hotels. And so they launched the, the hospitality training program. You know why? Because they're saying that whatever else was being offered out there, pay attention now, was not up to par for what their expectations were to work in their properties. Having said that, I think it makes perfect sense, actually, with so many properties to have your own hospitality training program. Because each of these brands, um, you know, of course, the Ritz-Carlton, the Kimpton Seafire, Indigo is coming on board. Thank you so much. Um, Those are very high-end brands. And so, you know, I don't know what current hospitality programs, what they're kind of training at. But to be able to go in the environment and get the hands-on intensive three-month program so that you can actually see the positions that are there, see what their expectations are, work within Um, those different properties, I think that's actually a really fantastic way to do, it's as practical as you can get, a hospitality training program. So now the latest move is this collaboration with Lynn University, where they're going to be delivering two weeks um, of their curriculum. And again, this is an accredited institution, and this is going to bolster um, at least this component of the DART hospitality training program. So I'm not mad about it. I think this is a fantastic opportunity. Uh, They're going to be, we're hoping that we can score an interview with a representative from the um, university, but they're coming here and it's going to be scheduled for August the 9th through the 3rd of November. Uh, They're going to do in-person training by Lynn University's assistant professor, Dr. Karima Lanfranco. Mm -hmm. And it's designed to expose participants to and improve their understanding of a variety of different positions both back and front house, uh, back and front of house operations. So they're gonna do everything from hotel etiquette, guest relations, problem solving, and other aspects um, of this formal on the job training. So good for them, I like it. And I think that this is yet another example of how you have private organizations such as the DART organization, really, let's be honest, going above and beyond right? They don't have to set up a hospitality training program, but they have. They didn't have to collaborate with Lynn University to bring a top-notch trainer on island um, with, you know, an accredited program, but they have. Yeah? So this DART hospitality program, again, Caymanians only, because we did a story and somebody like, oh, I'm not a Caymanian. No, no, fall back. Caymanians only, 17 to 30 years old. And, um, some real opportunities here, guest services, food and beverage, pool, beach, recreation attendant, and so on. Um, So yeah, find out more about it. I think they already have their 12 students who've successfully um, been selected for the second year. This is just the second year of the DART hospitality training program. So congratulations to the DART organization. Like I said, I think this is a good move and uh, congratulations to all the Caymanians who are involved in the program. I saw some of the comments on social media, And it occurred to me that no matter what you do, honey chow, some people you just cannot, I mean, honestly, you just can't help some people. The negativity and the negative thinking, oh, well, you know, and I'm like, listen, listen to me. This is an opportunity for Caymanians. Encourage our young people to embrace with an open mind these types of opportunities, because you do not know where this will lead, right? Everybody is just so negative and living in the past and, well, you know, then it, I'm like, can we just give people a chance sometimes to prove themselves, right? They've hired Miss Diane Conley at Caymanian to help up this program. Let's see what they're going to deliver. They've already done one successful year and there are Caymanians who are still working within the DART properties who went through that program. So clearly it's working at some level. Oh yeah, they don't wanna hire K-Manians. They're taking K-Manians and putting them through this program, paying them while they're being trained. Who else has done that? Government couldn't even deliver on, on such a program. So like I said, even when I'm talking about organizations like CUC, the DART organization, let's just be fair to them. That's all I'm saying, all right? Goody, giddy. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm coming to you, honey. We have a guest who's going to be joining us. Um, So uh, I think it was Denver says, all good. The educator kids to be equipped to leave and work elsewhere because one of 10 maybe will get a job at home. Stop the negative thinking. And in fact, their success rate from the first cohort has been more than one in 10. So get your facts straight too. All right, Jose says his granddaughter's in it. He says, way to go princess, make us proud. Papa loves you. Um, Angel is all for it. Um, Carol says it's a great opportunity, go for it. Uh, Jude said, very impressive. Uh, Stefan Ebanks, negativity, here we go. This is a joke and waste of time for Caymanians. How many versions of hospitality training need to be created? Boy, y'all can't see the forest for the trees right? I have some questions for the dark group. He says, how general managers, F and B directors, spa director and executive chefs have they produced?" I think he meant to say how many and are managing a major hotel brand in their portfolio. Why do I need seven to 10 years of experience to achieve an entry-level management position? You know, sometimes our people just don't want to do the work. It, 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 takes time to become a manager. Some of y'all don't even know how to define management. You have no clue. The experience, which is one of the most important things, your attitude and your experience when it comes to being a manager and how to manage people might take you seven to 10 years with the attitude that some of y'all are bringing to the table. Mm -mm -mm. I just have to shake my head at times. But anyway, let's move on. Um, you ready, honey, Chill, madam? All right. So you guys know that here on, uh, on CMR, we really pride ourselves in offering our listeners. Um, over 400 of you are on the live stream. Oh, you got a caller. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program.
4: Good morning, Sandra. How are you doing? Not too bad. How are you? Oh, right. is this Cameron Brack in the house? Yes, it is. I love and it. I've been a manager for 1994, so. Say that again. I've been a manager from 1994. Oh, so beautiful. Can I retire? Yes. I got a question for Water Tower to do. Can I ask that now or? Yeah, go Excuse ahead. Sandra, so they had how the Water Tower operate in Kimamrak. They got like five trucks, five, six drivers, whatever, like that, right? Mm-hmm. They had a system in place before. Let's say a Saturday or Sunday you run out of water for some reasons. Um, mm-hmm. you could call a, an emergency number and they would deliver water and charge you $25 or $50. I don't remember which, mm-hmm. which it was. Anyway, um, over the, holiday, the last holiday, my daughter ran out of water, which I gave her hell for that. Okay. Check that the holidays were coming up.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And she called them, and they told her that they only deliver to so emergency services now.
2: So I'm a, I'm a little bit confused because I guess okay, this is something that's unique that. to the Brac, right? So you, yeah, you guys, uh
4: huh, like where my daughter is and where I am, uh-huh. there is no pipe to water here.
2: Oh, I see.
4: Yeah, they they, they haven't yet to to our, our homes yet the oh. pipe water. Okay, so we have a cistern.
2: Uh huh
4: which you know me, I got my crap together, I got my own fresh water well also. Okay. I don't really need water authority. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't understand how they can, I mean, they got five trucks, fire drivers, maybe more,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and and you got a your answering machine for um, emergency dial so-and-so, but when you dial now, they're saying that they only deliver us to emergency services. Hmm. And is
2: this the same water company that operates in Grand Cayman? Is the same company?
4: Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, maybe yeah. we can reach out to um, Ms. Jillian and ask, because like I said, I'm not really too familiar yeah, with I the like workings. But...
4: To, I mean, I yeah. mean just suppose, suppose a dog broke a pipe or something, and the person didn't know, and they ran out of water. Mm-hmm. And and my daughter got two little young children. They came in and got my truck and had containers full up with water, taken the put in the cistern. Mm-hmm. We got, uh, I mean, five trucks here and five drivers. And, and you know, it, mm-hmm. I I I don't understand that. Hmm. Wow. All and right. Well, I know Kim and Brack is a small place. So yes. I'm not passing Kim and Brack because I know that Kim and now made this up themselves. That came from Grand Cayman. Uh-huh. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even um, we'll,
2: yeah, we'll ask the question for sure because I didn't even realize that that was how it worked on Cayman Brack. Why don't y'all yeah, have? Why doesn't everybody there have pipe water as small as the Brack is?
4: Well, they, been, um, it's been going on for years now. They, they started from down the west end, and mm-hmm. they're up to some about own water in place now. That's probably eight mm. or nine miles, ten miles maybe. Mm. But but they got to continue then to Sport Bay. But my daughter now she's up on the bluff, and I'm on the south side now, and and the water and the water water authority pipes don't come as far as me either. Oh wow! Okay. So yeah.
2: Hmm, I did not know that. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate the question. We'll put it to the powers that are in the know and that know what's going on. See if we can get you an answer.
4: All right, son. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right, bye.
2: All right. So, um, of course, the Cayman Islands includes three islands. I love it when the Brackers um, call onto the program. You know, sometimes, as um, that caller just mentioned, they have very unique and different needs than us. I had no clue that not everybody in Cayman Brack even had pipe water. I didn't know that. imagine. So uh, we'll we'll try to find out. We'll definitely um, ask the question. So just before Curtis was calling in, I was saying that, you know, we really pride ourselves here on CMR. Um, and being diverse as much as possible. Um, I really, um, you know, love the fact that we are part of a region. We're part of the Caribbean. We are Caribbean people, although sometimes y'all be forgetting that. Uh, You know, we have ties to the UK, obviously historical and legal ties, um, structural constitutional ties to the United Kingdom. Uh, I think that all of us as the human race have a, lot of commonality. And sometimes we have to find we have to dig a little bit to find the common ground because human nature, we want to always look for the differences. Although the differences might be minute and the little things that separate us, we have to work hard just because of I think people are just sometimes wired to be negative. We have to work really really hard to find the common ground as human beings as people. You know, we all cut the same. We're all, you know, underneath the exterior we're pretty much all the same. So, um, I really love partnering. We were the only publication in Cayman that consistently covers regional news. So we have regional news stories. You guys know we'll cover stories out of Jamaica, the rest of the Caribbean, the Bahamas just celebrated yesterday their 50th anniversary. Um, and you know, we share this information because we're part of a, of, a, of a collective world, right? We're no longer the island that time forgot. We share news from the U.S. We share news from Europe, if it's like super interesting. Um, and that's just what we do, right? That's who we are. So one of the partnerships that we have is with a group and we'll hear it more from, I'm hoping I'm going to get the first name pronounced correctly. Um, Shaina. No, I got it wrong. I think. No, she'll, she'll pronounce it for me in a second. I, one of those, I bet you that A, that I is probably si- silent. She's saying yes. <laughs> so um, we partnered with them, I think the year before last, and they do this show called Territories Talk, and they come on on Wednesday evenings where they get you know people from the region and talk about issues that are impacting us regionally. They have like a representative sometimes from Cayman, and other countries around the region. Good morning, caller.
4: Chandra Megan, I didn't mean to call, back, but I need okay. to answer Michael and some other people. Mm-hmm. They asked me what kind of dog breaks a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I we, saw the question. We're unf- we not fortunate like you guys. Ranche man, that got water direct to our house. Yeah, we have to have a pump and a tank. Mm-hmm. And and with that pump and tank, pipes are hooked up, and when you got a and the, the pipes are exposed. Ground. The pipe was exposed and yeah. you got a hundred pound rot while well, I run up and down left soul. Yeah, so instead of them being smart ass, they, they got trained. <laughs> I always say you gotta live here to know here. Yeah, that's true. I don't know whether you're being a real smart ass or you really don't know better, but that's that's the way it is.
2: Yeah. I I, right. I saw it and I thought it was probably just a joke. So there you go. All right. Thank you, Curtis. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean listen, you know, the Brack is, is unique in many respects for sure. And like you said, Perhaps we all need to go live in the brack for a good six months to really appreciate some of the unique elements of life there um, before we speak on it. But, um, oh, yes, let me address Mr. Goodlook. He says, I think it's quite clear that you're riding with Uncle Dart until the wheels fall off. That is so funny, Mr. Goodlook. And I think if you have uh, way before, you know, CMR has been around now six years. If you've ever listened to me before the six years, you will see that my position has always been the same. That's one of the things I love about Facebook memories is is it reminds you of what your position was 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whenever you first joined Facebook. I have always been, I, I view myself, and some people may not agree, as a fair individual. I give people an opportunity. And if people do good and they also do bad, well, yeah. I mean, sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they don't get it right. Why am I going to hate? On an organization, entire organization, a multi-billion-dollar organization that does all sorts of different things, has interests all over the world. What am I hating on them for? What, what's the, what's the hate all about? If they do something good, they're to be applauded. Years ago, and sometimes the next time it pops up on my um, on my Facebook memories, I'll make sure, Mister Good Look, to post it so you can see it. I said how people love to hate on this organization. And when they need sponsorships, scholarships in a situation, oh, the government can't solve this, let's run to Uncle Dart, he can solve our problems. onions can be so duplicitous. It's like y'all wanna take a popular position. Oh, the popular position is to hate against CUC, why? CUC is actually a great company that employs a vast majority of staff for Caymanians, job opportunities, scholarship opportunities, they give back to the community, because y'all upset about your usage on your CUC bill? Like, honestly, sometimes I don't get it. Why am I going to hate an entire organization? I don't personally know Dart. I've never met the man in his life. I wouldn't mind meeting him. He could probably give me some good financial advice, how to invest and how to do a couple of things. <laughs> so it's not about riding with Uncle Dart until the wheels fall off. It's about why would I be unfairly negative about an entire organization um, who has invested, mind you, hundreds of millions of dollars in this community. Right now, they have two major, um, well, they finished the one building. Oh, they finished that other building too. So is, is it just Indigo? is kind of like their last major um, construction project. You know how many jobs that creates for people, including a lot of Caymanian subcontractors? Now my sources have told me that in the foreseeable future, they have nothing in the pipeline in terms of construction. When these massive construction projects like those, right? One has just been completed. Indigo will probably be complete. I think by year end. When they're done in the construction industry, maybe kind of, um, you know, contracts a little bit and there's not as many jobs out there. And so then k contractors and subcontractors, people who do tiling and finishing jobs and whatever, all of a sudden things are going to get a little bit tough for them because the jobs just aren't there. And people like Uncle Dart who have the financial deep pockets to continue projects during COVID and economic downtimes and continue to pay people, when that stops and y'all start complaining, you know, I'm going to be like, huh? Let's just be fair to people. That's my thing. I know people who work for the DART organization on the bottom end, middle, and management. And I can tell you that they're, in my personal opinion, probably one of the better employers on this island. You don't find too many people that have a choice actually really leaving the DART organization. I have, years ago... Worked with their HR team um, for training. They invest in people in terms of training and development. You guys don't know this, but I'm going to give you a little bit of insight, and then we're going to bring our guests on board. For example, I had my little small training company, HR department. This is many, many years ago. We're talking about like probably 15 plus years ago, reached out and said, hey, we'd like for you to do some conflict resolution for this particular team. They utilize Caymanian businesses. They didn't have to use my business, right? They utilize Caymanian businesses where they can. So I think those of you who have this concept of, oh, the Dart organization is evil and this and that, maybe you need to do a little bit more research. Talk to the people who actually work for them. You know, my husband is in IT and he has a lot of friends. His best friend works for the Dart organization. Those people are happy Nobody not stressing them out. They get paid on time. They get pension insurance. They get bonuses. They are treated well. I have time to be holding people's feet to the fire and cussing people out who don't do those things, who are poor employers. And trust me, there's a whole list of those individuals. So this isn't about riding with anybody till no wheels falling off, folks. This is just... um, (laughs) This person is so funny. This is just about being fair to people, right? Talk to, go talk to the people who work for DART. You know how people are trying to get in there who are trying to get a job, who are trying to get employed at the DART organization? I, I got friends right now. Two people I know recently told me that they applied there. And unfortunately, the competition is stiff. They're like, Sandy, you don't know anybody over at DART? no sorry, I wish I did, but I don't, that can hire you. Nope. Apply, and if you're qualified, you know, but the good thing is, um, when I did inquire, another came out and got the job, the same training position with Diane Conley. I know a good friend who applied for that. And she's like, what? you, they probably hired an expat. No, they didn't. They hired a government worker. They took a civil servant. And she's, I think, in my opinion, amply qualified for the position. So, you know, you guys can say whatever you want. Let me, let me be very, very clear. And then we're going to bring our guests in. I know that even politically, it is somebody just saying, boy, how many payrolls you're supposed to be on? Politically, it um, makes some people feel better to be able to point to me and say, oh, my God, Sandy's on. Y'all got me to all kinds of people's payrolls. I, I say I really need to be on some payrolls here shortly. But, you know, y'all don't even understand what I do. Y'all don't understand how I make my money. Okay, and so for some of y'all, that's upsetting because y'all like, well, well, she's not losing no weight. So she definitely still eating good. She seems to be able to pay her bills. You know, if she wants to get a nice car and drive it, whatever, CNB treats are good. She got any kind of line of credit that she wants. Y'all just don't understand anything that I do. But that's not really your business. How I make my coins. What I will say is I have my long list of clients that I make very, very happy with the services I provide and I offer. And they're willing to pay for it. Isn't that a blessing? Can we get a hallelujah up in here? Hold on. They're willing to pay for it because they see the value in it, right? Y'all need to be worrying about who paying your bills and how you getting it done, okay? And so it is what it is. We didn't become the number one talk show by me just sitting here flapping off at the lips 24 seven. There's a lot of hard work folks that go into this right six years in can we get another hallelujah up in the house yes it takes hard work we've done things differently i know a lot of y'all were like in the beginning oh this is not gonna work cmr is this and we proved you wrong another hallelujah hallelujah praise the lord mm-hmm. let praise the lord have a little church moment up in here while we're at it and it is what it is we are focused on the issues that impact the people in this country. The beauty of this platform is that I am more than capable of holding anybody to the fire, uh, Mr. Goodlook. If you were listening to the program a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Palm Heights, for example, and I said, "Listen, I don't know what the connection is with these people and the DART organization. They're claiming that you know, oh, this person, family to DART within Palm Heights. We've since found out that's not the case at all." But we know that they're using the DART organization's name in order to not pay their bills and to make people feel a particular way, right? Pressuring people, pressuring all these small Caymanian-owned contractors who they owe hundreds of thousands of dollars to. We sat here and called them out that day. Uh, I must say, we held their foot to the fire. Where were you that day? Because that day we were saying, if... The DART organization has any part of this. They need to be held accountable as well. But it's so funny that you would not have heard any of that, any criticisms of the DART organization. turns out the DART organization has nothing to do with it. So, you know, we've corrected the record, but you weren't here for that conversation. So you can't pick and choose what you want me to, to, what you want to hear when I say something. Okay? So you just can't pick and choose it. I hold everybody accountable Whether it's the Premier, the DART organization, CUC, if they need to be held accountable. That's when I say that I'm fair. Fairness means if you get it right, we're going to give you a pat on the back. If you get it wrong and you mess up, we're going to ask some tough questions and ask for some accountability. That's how it works. Right? I am not currying favor with anyone. Yeah? This is a position of trust. Trust. And I think the, the good people of this country who trust me every single day. People send me information. Remember the, the four guys that I want, I waiting to see when they get, when we get names. Cause y'all was sending me names, but Sandy, that is this person and that's this person and that car belonged to him. We pass the information on to the RCIPS so that they can do their jobs. But I appreciate the position that you guys have put me in and the position of trust, the information that comes by my personal desk. And so there's a lot of responsibility that comes with what I do here. And I understand the responsibility that comes with it. So now we're going to bring our guests in on that note. Good morning, madam. Give me the correct pronunciation. Shaina. Shaina. Yes. Okay. All right. So we have Miss Smith. Is the rest of the name Archer? Yes. Yeah, Smith Archer. Yeah. It's cut off at the bottom, but I remembered it being Archer. Okay. Um, so Shayna, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I didn't even know, how did we meet? I think it was through MP Famous, right?
7: Yes. Yes. He made it some introductions. In yeah. yeah. So he he was part of the team, the original team that brought this together and you know, we'll get into it. But yeah, I thought it was a perfect, your 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 um, soapbox moment was a perfect segue into what we're doing in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, looking at regionally, you know, informing our communities across the six overseas territories of the UK and, you know, getting into the deeper discussions and again, accountability, because we have a role to play in the media to use it mm-hmm. for good. Yeah, you know. And do you have? I know Shana, That um, remind me adults, what island as, as you're from. As, and then that we're up to. Okay, you still there? Yeah. No, sorry. Remind me I of what? Um.
2: Out. Yeah, Shana, can you hear me now? I'm
7: hearing you now. Okay. Remind me of which island you're from again. So I'm from the Virgin Islands. So I live in the Dakota. Virgin Islands.
2: Yeah. Okay, beautiful. So, I mean, I'm sure that you you were listening in the background there for a minute, and I'm sure you hear, you messaged me and said, wow, we could just substitute Cayman and um, Virgin Islands, and it would be the same problems, the same concerns. And this is why I say, you know, in so many respects, we're not as unique as we think we are. Like, everybody wants to believe, oh, Caymanians are so incredibly unique, and we have a unique set of problems. These are problems that plague people, not even just in the Caribbean region, but all over the world everybody's struggling with the cost of living everybody's trying to decide how much can a fifty dollar get you is it just that one bag of groceries half a bag of groceries you know rent control out the roof in new york in london and you know it's it's like it's not just our little corner of the universe we all share common issues and concerns sometimes they might be regional
7: issues there might be some things that are a little bit more country specific but we have a lot mm-hmm. in common, don't we? We sure do. And and that was the thing, I think, for me, was the biggest eye-opening aspect of doing the show. So we're going mm-hmm. into our third season starting on Wednesday evening at 7.30, as you mentioned. That's Atlantic Standard Time. So that's like an hour behind for you guys. But it, it's something where, you know, when we started to have guests on from Anguilla, from Montserrat, from Cayman, from Bermuda, from TCI we're all struggling with the same labor issues. You know, you spoke about workforce development and making sure mm-hmm. that job opportunities are being created uh, on a, a more consistent basis to help mm-hmm. people basically afford to live because that is where the source of income is going to come from, you know? So when we, we go out and we look at different topics, you know, we promote women in leadership. That's something we do once a quarter where we have mm-hmm. a panel of women, you know, because, you know, we talk about gender equity, but it is something we have to be very intentional about exposing ourselves to and understand that it's still a glass ceiling that needs to be demolished, you mm-hmm. know, and that our women across the region, they're being movers and shakers in different areas. So it's not just politics, but in business and community service as well. So we're, we're a group that came together actually through Chris, because he was the one that initially had territory talk as part of his radio show in Bermuda called Motion to Adjourn. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to him because I was part of one of the panels one time when they were, again, reaching out to all the OTs and he did it. And I said, hey, you know, what's happening with this? I think this is something that's very much still needed, especially with, again, the common issues that are affecting all of us, that we need to start to first to build an understanding around and then possibly look at how can we start to collaborate on solutions. Mm-hmm. You know, because we realize that you, you have more hands on deck, you can actually probably get some things resolved mm-hmm. by, by doing that from the grassroots level. You know, so it, that's where we, we've been on the journey. Um, and again, thank you from the whole team for partnering with us and coming on board. It's one of our media partners. We actually broadcast mm-hmm. from as far as as Barbados all the way up to uh, TCI.
2: Wow. Beautiful. So your media partners include, let's just go, um, you know, we have people all over the region, all over the world that listen. So obviously CMR here in the Cayman Islands, yeah, where um, else do you
7: have? So here in the Virgin Islands, we have CBN um, mm-hmm. radio, as well as the TV in Barbados. We had um, the CBC. So we're, we're getting ready to renew the contract, but more likely we will be there. TCI, we have their registration, Montserrat. Uh-huh. their radio station. we're also there with them bermuda we have um the tv station channel 82 is uh-huh. also a part of our, our media partner family beautiful so good coverage mm-hmm. um we're only now trying to get into Angola. so if anybody from Angola happens to be listening <laughs> they can okay. reach out through us through facebook so that was one of the things intentionally we wanted to make sure we're in all the overseas territories but it was a situation where someone from the Barbados station, was listening to us when they were visiting somewhere else, and they talked yes. to us and asked to be able to to get the the um the, the video from the the broadcast and they replay it. Yeah,
2: beautiful. And I see MP Thomas Christopher Famous is in the house. He says blessings from Bermuda. Thanks, Miss okay, Sandy. You're mom. most welcome. So um, tell us a little bit then about when the show airs and uh, what are some of the topics that you've
7: got lined up? It's just returning this week. Mm -hmm. So we air second and fourth Wednesday, 730, as we said, It's primarily on the Facebook page of Territories Talk, as well as YouTube. So Mm -hmm. persons can pick it up there even after the broadcast because we we leave everything loaded. As you said, you know, Facebook is the perfect archives for everything. Mm -hmm. So. And then on the on the stage, the TV or the radio stations, they either replay or rebroadcast in the particular territories. So mm-hmm. that's our schedule topics. Um, we have spoken about everything from you know cost of living, environmental concerns, climate mm-hmm. change. And this season we're hoping to to also bring on more of our political leaders. We've had on so far the premieres of Montserrat and the Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've reached out to the others. So we're hoping. To, to be able to get them on there. Again, talking about the national unity that's needed across all of our overseas territories, because we are all facing a common common present as well as need to look at, you know, what's gonna be the focus in the future and what's to happen there. So those are some of the um, the areas we're gonna be digging into, you know, checking back in on the cost of living, where we are, looking at new topics in terms of what's happening around the region from a food security standpoint. And we're, we're always open, to for our audience to make suggestions of topics they would like us to reach out and probably bring on subject matter experts to talk about, you know, some of the things that they might be concerned about and want more information so that, you know, they can understand what's happening in their country. Like, for uh-huh. example, here in the Virgin Islands, we're currently doing a constitutional review, which was a result uh-huh. of one of the recommendations from the Commission of Inquiry, and I was here on and talking about that. You know, when that happened a year or so ago, Mm -hmm. and it's something now that we see the Foreign Affairs Committee of the UK Parliament, you know, putting the question out in terms of, you know, we need to look at the constitutional relationship of all the overseas territories. Mm -hmm. So whether that is going to now trigger a constitutional review for everybody within the near future, that's something, again, all communities need to be very cognizant about, have the information in terms of knowing what, you know, could be expected, And how Mm -hmm. we have to approach these things, you know, individually as well as collective. And, you know, one of the comments that you made were in terms of we have a lot of commonality, but we pride ourselves on individuality. Mm -hmm. It is something where we have to start to learn how to collaborate better, you Mm -hmm. know, within that context. Because, yes, everybody is going to have their strengths and their weaknesses. And I think, Mm -hmm. again, when we get together, we're able now to be even stronger through the unity across you know, the, the small group of six, you know, and, right. and from there, tap into the regional resources from the other, mm-hmm. um, Caribbean countries that are our neighbors and, and continue to develop ourselves as a people to really, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
7: Oh, I think we have a little bit
2: of audio issues. Um, can you, can you hear me still? I'm hearing you. I think it's like a slight delay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe one of the things we could try to share with you some, some, finally some good internet speeds on our Island.
7: (laughs) It's it's interesting because we use StreamYard for our show as well. And I kid you not, you know, almost every episode, somebody drops because of internet issues, you know, or even with the, um, the mobile companies because they may yeah. try to log on to their phones and I'm like, I, I don't understand. We have three uh, companies, major we, companies in the region, and we're, we're not getting it, it's together. been it's been a
2: struggle. I feel like we're finally um, kind of getting there where we now have decent and in a lot of places on the island. But you know for us as an island that's like completely flat, I've never understood why we've not had faster uh, penetration of things like fiber and stuff like that, but we're getting there. We're getting there. So, yeah. um, yes, one of the one of the things we share in common, undoubtedly. Um, it, it's it's so good though to be able to I think visit some of the other islands and see by comparison. You know, on this show, we've had for example Andre um, Stevens from Jamaica, who is. One of the big bloggers in that country, lots of people tune in. He'll have all five, six, seven, eight thousand people sometimes listening mm-hmm. to his show every single evening. And he focuses like I think um, the different platforms have a different focus area. So mm-hmm. he does like a lot of politics, and he does focus on you know um, some of the bigger crime stories and stuff, and helping hopefully to bring some um, degree of justice and closure to those. But you know, I feel like we with the advent of technology it mm-hmm. might not be perfect but it does allow us to collaborate in the way in which we did because yeah. before covid or 5 10 15 years ago mm-hmm. what we do now even having the show this morning would have been an impossibility exactly you know with you staying where you are at home in your country I'm here in my country and we can have a show where people anywhere in the world could literally be tuned in and watching. So I think that, you know, the technology and the technological advances, which I try to keep on top of um, really have made a difference in our lives. And it gives us this amazing opportunity to really engage at a um, more significant and deeper level. Mm
7: -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's, the importance now even of having the good technology to be able to leverage the relationships now that we're trying to build and foster. Because, Uh you know, communication now can be real-time basically anywhere in the world, Mm -hmm. you know. We we get so much more things done in more efficient ways. And, you know, traveling in the Caribbean now is nothing less than a beast, where sometimes it's just a day to travel to some place that should be, you know, maybe three hours away by a direct flight. So... Having good, solid communication is very, very important. I think going forward, so it's something where you know we're always constantly, you know, pushing essentially our telecoms to say, "Hey, we 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 know we are good, but we need to get better, and, and we need to to be at the best of our game with everything that we do." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a question where someone was asking about the outcome of the legalization of weed. Yeah, we actually have a moratorium on that topic. Don't don't even no, they go there. All right. no. Well,
2: just, we have, just for we clarity, it, it, it was until, not <laughs> until
7: September. I got you. But just for clarity, it was not assented to here. So it did not pass. No. <laughs> it didn't pass the governor's desk. It didn't pass the governor's desk. Oh wow. Yes. There you go. So that's where it is. All it's right.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, Darlene,
2: uh, big shout out to Bahamas, big shout out to everybody from Bermuda. Um, Thank you, Thomas saying uh, blessings for everybody in Grand Cayman, Little Cayman and Cayman Brack. Um, So yes, I mean, this is a fantastic I'm I'm looking forward now you guys take a bit of a hiatus. I don't actually take very much of a break with my show.
7: But I know that you
2: guys took um, how many how much time did you were you off for?
7: Well, it was two reasons. So I myself, persons may not know, um, I'm a political advocate of sorts. I actually was running Mm -hmm. in the 2023 elections here in the Virgin Islands. Mm -hmm. So I I took a leave of absence from the show. So that's where we had a a longer break, an extended break, I would say. But what we've done now is that we actually have a new guest host that's going to be on. So we have more persons that can rotate in and out. So it will be more constantly. But- Okay. Typically, we only take a break usually for summer during the August, and then uh-huh. we're back. So, we decided since we had the extended break earlier, we're back in the salon basically starting from this week and going straight towards the end of the year.
2: Okay, very nice. All right, we do have a call in the line. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program.
4: Good morning, ma'am, and good morning to your guests. Uh-huh. Um, good morning. First time I'm hearing her, and I say, Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But on the same word issue and the Noah said, um, I just saying, whoop, whoop. Thank you.
2: <laughs> I got you. Thank you so much. So she's happy about, about that. Yeah. Just curiosity, yeah. when did that decision, was it in January of this year? No,
7: it was actually one of those bills from, I think, last year. Oh, okay. So Yeah, this 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 bill was from I think 2022. It was two issues, very controversial. I think I don't know if you your you guys are discussing gambling. But yes. it was two very I mean, controversial. It was the uh, medical marijuana as well as the the gaming. I think the gaming is still I think that may have gone through, but the commission now hasn't been set up. So those are things that are still in play. But I, I do believe the um the, the marijuana one definitely wasn't assented to.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very, very much. Um, So anybody else has a question for a guest or a comment, um, please feel free to give us a call. 936-2626 is the telephone number. Uh, Mm -hmm. So what else have you, you said that you were running for political office. Um, How many MPs do you have in your country?
7: So we have 13 seats for our districts and Mm -hmm. sorry, four are at large Mm -hmm. and nine are districts. So we have a total of 13 in this, in the house. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and again, those are things now during the constitutional review discussions, the report is actually due in August. Uh You know, persons were making suggestions about district councils and whether or not, you know, we need more support Mm. for the district representatives to, Uh to run the country more efficiently because whilst we we're, we're still small in size you know population has definitely grown tremendously over the years we're actually in the process also of doing oh, a census this year to really get mm. uh, a handle on what's happening in the country from you know all different levels uh-huh. so that's gonna also shake up a lot of things in terms of you know minimum wage I, I think I saw you guys were talking about that recently and had a report that was mm-hmm. um, coming forward. So we I've been paying attention to that to see what's going to come out of that as well because we have the same you know issue where assistance from the government through the district representatives was one of the things that was taken away during the commission of inquiry because it was mm-hmm. it wasn't well structured let me put it like that right so and many things were called into question in terms of how how things were being done. Mm-hmm. but the unesco came in and they were asked to formulate a new assistance program and I, you know one of the headlines that was in the news the other day was saying that you know minimum wage needs to be increased because no matter mm-hmm. how much assistance you give it's something where persons are still not earning enough to right. essentially afford to live in the country mm-hmm. you know, so that that is the challenge and we don't manufacture and produce much hair so it is something mm-hmm. where we're beholden we to whatever the global prices are and the price Very of oil much drives everything manageable. yeah and the price of oil drives mm-hmm. everything so you know mm-hmm. if the price of oil goes up the price of production of these things go up so then you know we're bringing in 99 percent. and i think mm-hmm. you know this is definitely going to be one of the topics that we talk about in this season in terms of trade regional trade where you know how we can actually help bring down our import bill from a global standpoint outside the region to start Mm -hmm. to look at you know from food security standpoint what can we start to produce across our islands that we're able to trade with each other so i don't i don't need at this juncture i don't need to try to be self-sustaining when it comes to producing food but if i know that you know i have enough land to let's say for example we we um raise cattle and sheep Mm -hmm. we actually had a breed of sheep called virgin island sheep that was unique to hmm. to our country so okay. you know and, and everybody loves money across the region so mm-hmm. you know it, it's a business opportunity as well as a trade opportunity to advance mm-hmm. the cause of food security so those are the types of ideas we like to again bring forward on the show and have conversations and get the, the different viewpoints across the region again to start to to build that grassroots collaboration um, that's needed to solve a lot of the problems because, you know, as we know, and I'm going to say politicians don't have all the answers. N- they never will. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the communities are where a lot of the understanding is because it's who is in the trench knows the depth of it. Mm-hmm. And we're the ones now that have to do that. And that's part of the reason why I even got into politics in the first place because, you know, I used to work in the public service in the ministry of finance. So I got a front row seat, two things, you know, in front of the stage as well as behind. And it was something where, you know, it's the, the, the quality of our decisions at the end mm-hmm. of the day is what is affecting the quality of our lives. You know, mm-hmm. and you, you talked about it all morning, you know, some <laughs> of the simple things like balancing the budget, spending the money on the priorities, you know, yes. fixing pipes, those, those are conversations that somebody from Anigata might call in and say, you know, we don't mm-hmm. have access to utilities, like we do on the Big Island, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they are no deserving of the same level of quality of life that anybody else. And that's what I'm saying. You Mm -hmm. know, I used to say to people, this is is very damning for us because we're all part of the same Virgin Islands, but we're not Mm -hmm. thinking along the lines that persons on the sister islands should have no less quality of healthcare than those that are on the main island. So we have to make sure that we're investing in our medical transport. That if you have an emergency anywhere in the country, Mm -hmm. that we're able to respond, you know, in the right way. Otherwise, people's lives are on the line.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. No, without without a doubt. Um, What what's your I'm just curious about your electricity situation there. What is your electricity situation like? What are your bills run? Um, Do you guys have your own
7: currency? no we spend the u.s dollar okay and that that's historical from trading with the u.s virgin islands uh-huh. nearby so we had asked for permission back as far back as the 50s and it was granted uh-huh. so electricity um same thing in terms of cost we uh-huh. it, it went up astronomically last year with the increase in fuel right. it hasn't really come back though because i think one of the challenges that we have to work around is there's a surcharge on top of usage Mm-hmm. that is basically doubling the bill. Now your surcharge is what? That's like a government tax or what is that? No, it's just a surcharge apparently that they they, they put on. Um, that's a percentage. So whatever you use, uh-huh. you, you, you pay, you have a, a bill for, you have a, a rate for that. But then yeah. on top of this, now you have a surcharge now that when you look at your bill, the surcharge is almost the same amount as the usage. So, so is that for fuel or i'm trying yeah, to they, they it. call it fuel surcharge. oh and is it a, he, a direct pass through cost then of the fuel no because there are times when we if we if we're following what's happening with the global prices it's not necessarily moving according to that hmm. so there was quite a bit of fluctuation and for me it, it came to 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 my point of view because you know my mother is retired and i pay her mm-hmm. bills so mm-hmm. i am looking at the bill and wondering well why is the bill gone up 40 percent since the you know over the last six months mm-hmm. and it it became a concern because again retirees are fixed income right so you know persons who are still actively working in the workplace you know even then so we still all have budgets and we aren't able mm-hmm. to just find 30 percent more income to put towards a like bill yes you know, to cover these things. So government, um, you know, we were actively petitioning government about, you know, what is this? We, we have to think about when we're making these adjustments and also to communicate, because unless you're paying attention, Sandy, sometimes these things are snuck in and it's not until somebody says, well, hey, I'm not using more electricity to this extent. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on? And then you you might see a communication come out from the government or you know, persons also say the same thing on, on Facebook and say, Yeah, I noticed that, but I thought, you know, it was because there were men working at my house, and I'm like, Nope, go back and check your fuel surcharge. It's fluctuated mm-hmm. greatly over the last few months.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Very, very interesting. And so in, in US dollars, um, what are you guys paying? What would you say maybe is
7: the average for your um for your electric bill so for me i i live i'm a single person living alone i pay about well say 150 and maybe a family of four they pay like maybe three times that so the 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 bill is a, a significant cost of living now um it's it's gone down somewhat but i think one of the other things that we have to look at in terms of Weaning ourselves off of the dependence of fossil fuel, because we, we have not advanced as we should have, I would say, in terms of renewable energy mm-hmm. and looking at using solar, you know, wind or, or even water to, to help to supplement. Because again, we're subject to global crisis and it's, it's something that in some cases it's not going to ever come back down. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, it's never going to go back down. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of like, the cost of fuel. So, it's, again, once the fuel stays up, it's something now that is going to keep the cost of up. Um, yeah,
2: it's going to seem to. Wow. Yeah. So crazy. Awesome. And what is your minimum wage in your country?
7: Minimum wage is currently at $6. Mm-hmm. Same here. Super, super um Interesting so the um, comment here uh, just again to clarify i am from the british virgin islands governor albert Bryan is from the united states virgin islands Our correct name is virgin islands of the united totally states. different totally different. totally different. different territories yes
2: all right very very good um and as as you know we share that in common as well being part of the, the um the british overseas territories Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot that comes, um, you know, specific with that in terms of reconstitution constitution and so on. So it is super, super interesting to hear all of these developments. And um, folks, you can find out more uh, about Territories Talk. They're going to be on tomorrow evening. That's Wednesday evening. Give us the time again.
7: So it's going to be 6.30 p.m. in the Cayman Islands, 7.30 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. Okay, beautiful. So
2: Shaina, uh, we appreciate you so much and your entire team. Um, continue we're happy to be you know partners with you on this and continue the good work that you're doing and uh, we'll have you on on occasion to kind of check in to see how some of these changes in your country going cuz it looks like we're very much um alignment in terms of the same <laughs> concerns in Definitely. our country your country you know minimum wage all these things even district councils i kind of chuckled yeah. When you mention district councils because that's something that constitutionally there's a provision there for and a lot okay. of people here have been pushing for it i mm-hmm. have my doubts about the um efficiency of district councils i think it's going to bloat government even more mm-hmm. but i guess we're going to have to try it and see if it works to really know we do have a caller on the line good morning caller and welcome to the program
6: okay hi morning sandra good morning good morning to your to good your morning um uh, just thought i would Take advantage of the conversation mm-hmm. um, that your guest is making time for and to see where potentially uh as you said it before the similarities that our caribbean islands are facing mm-hmm. and and so i wonder if she could elaborate on what is the prevailing um trend that she's seeing within the caribbean as related to the Governments rolling out um, ESGs, environmental, social, and governance
0: mm-hmm. um,
6: practices mm-hmm. tied with you know fiscal performances and uh, institutional performances and financial performances as such. Also, have they has the Caribbean has she seen in the Caribbean a trend? And We've seen this for the most part in the Bahamas and Jamaica and some other places mm-hmm. where they are rolling out their um, National ID system as a compulsory mm. uh, um, legislation versus a voluntary buy in legislation. And thirdly, lastly, um, what is she hearing that is as we're seeing in the G7 nations and mm-hmm. even the G20 nations with relates to uh, uh, in, uh, digital currencies? US is just about to launch their Fed now, digital currencies from their central mm-hmm. bank system. Uh, The Bahamas have theirs, Jamaica has theirs. But Uh in the Cayman Islands, there's no discussion on our part when, because we know it's coming, Uh Uh, the UK has what's called Bitcoin. That's that's another central bank digital currency. Uh But what is she hearing and seeing relates to the... Central bank digital currencies around the Caribbean in the pipeline. So, hmm. if she could project share some light <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of
7: that's see. a whole show. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was gonna say you got <laughs> some show topics. Thank
7: you so much, caller. You got yes. uh, Tina. You got some amazing show topics right there, girl. Oh, definitely. And you know, it's, it's it's great that he brought that forward because again, these are things that we need to be looking down the road to see mm-hmm. what is coming at us. Um, Again, our unique situation is that we don't have a local currency, so we are basically beholden to the central bank, the federal central bank in the U.S. Mm -hmm. in terms of the value of the dollar at any given point. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I know you guys spend both the U.S. dollar, but you also have the Cayman dollar.
2: Right. But it's still tied
7: into the U.S. dollar very much. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where, you know, again, across the OTs, it's, it's a conversation, I think, to be had. Caricom At the CARICOM level and the OECS, Organization of Eastern Caribbean States, I do know about the EDGs and have been hearing about them, but nothing has really essentially been pushed forward as yet as one of those conversations, again, on how we strengthen ourselves financially and fiscally, again, in a global economy, because all of us are, are part of a global economy now, you know, as small again, and size, size has nothing to do with it, based on how the world has been globalized, you know, across... Or different economies so mm-hmm. that is one of those things where you know we can definitely look into getting some subject matter experts to come in and talk to us about you know what what is it from a OT perspective now that we need to be discussing amongst ourselves and hopefully our government start to to take hold of that conversation mm-hmm. as well to see what what would be beneficial because you know there there's so many different views about their digital currencies and crypto and on all that's been happening over the last six months with bank failures and, and all of these different things. So it's, it's something that we definitely do need to put on the, the agenda for discussion. So made notes mm-hmm. <laughs> to do that. Mm-hmm. day. And Sandy before I run on, I also want to sh- give a shout out to our new guest host, Shirley Osborne from Montserrat. She is going to be joining us. um on saturday so i mean on wednesday sorry so one of the 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 topics is that we're going to start off with doing what we're calling an overseas territories roundtable where we have two guests on for from the two different territories that are going to talk about you know current issues so we're going to start a series kick off a series on wednesday so we are starting with the virgin islands and montserrat and then we'll Mm -hmm. have the other four over the next um, the next few episodes again getting in there so we may call you to come through and <laughs> talk about you know what's been transpiring in Cayman and you know yeah. again help everybody to to come up to speed on you know we're not so as we we're saying we're not as different as we think in that we mm-hmm. have similar experiences so mm-hmm. you know all of us may have had a different historical starting point yes we're we're to a place now where where a lot of us are experiencing same issues whether it's um migration i remember we talked with tci and i was Mm -hmm. shocked you Mm -hmm. know it's like okay we have migration issues but not on this scale yes and and it's because they get
2: a lot of people from haiti and and i was shocked um to just read um in yesterday's paper there was a a huge number of haitian nationals that ended up in jamaica And Mm -hmm. so now as we speak, um, Jamaica is dealing with that situation. I think it was 20, maybe 23 or so. And that includes children and others. So, um, you know, we've had a lot of Cubans coming in. I don't think we really get too many Haitians yet, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, these things impact in the economy around the region and around the world Mm -hmm. when it's, um, you know, problematic impacts everybody's life and also the movement of people even. Exactly. And so that is obviously um, something to you know keep, it's 37 Haitians arrived okay. by boat
7: in Portland in Jamaica. Wow. So yeah, yeah, so it's pretty pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, um, and we, we,
7: we can also, you know, it's, it's all about learning too from each other because yes. before we, we experience the problem, you know, mm-hmm. we, we can mm-hmm. learn how do we mitigate this before it actually becomes a problem yes and and learn from each other in terms of you know having because we all have immigration departments we all have labor departments Mm -hmm. you know we all have different policies that it's not something where i have to go and and create something new but i can find a starting point on which to build out something too that you know everybody else can benefit from so you know those are the things again when i read the royal gazette out of bermuda or you know, the Cayman mm-hmm. Island news, you see crime is on the increase. We mm-hmm. see, you know, the drug crimes that are happening, gun violence, all of it is common to all of us. Mm-hmm. And and it's something where, again, I I wholeheartedly I believe the grassroots is where a lot of things have to be solved. Because like you're saying, if we have the right mindset towards progression and, and saying, okay, things might not have worked well in the past, but we always have to continue to think positively mm-hmm. in terms of what, how do we take the lemons and make lemonade? Because otherwise, to that, we're going to sit here and be thirsty, right? Yep.
2: And um, you, I'm sure you guys uh, we're going to wrap things up here now, but I'm sure you also have, um, you know, your own uh, businesses, um, sort of, you know, I should say business entities that mm-hmm. maybe come in come in as investors and spend a lot of money. How do you people? How do your people feel about the darts of BVI? I don't know if you have one or more. Or,
7: you know, Similar. Big
2: investors.
7: <laughs> no, we, we we don't we don't necessarily have um a company as large as Dart in terms of a developer. And and mm-hmm. that is something that there is currently a move to implement a trade commission. The legislation was passed last year where they would manage now the mm-hmm. investment policies uh around mm-hmm. the country in terms of you know how do foreign investors come in mm-hmm. and even domestic investors, because one of the things that we're seeing is that we're again now in a position where we can't invest back into our own country because we're the business owners we're the ones that are pushing the economy forward so bringing in foreign partners is always something that has to be managed in a way that it doesn't disadvantage you Mm -hmm. know your domestic investors that are already there in the economy and you know wholeheartedly vested because they're not going to pick up and say well okay things aren't favorable for me anymore and you know leave the next day so that is something where the, the reception in the community is always something where, you know, we wait and see
1: mm-hmm.
7: to an extent. Uh, when they have come in, some person's question whether or not they're doing enough to invest mm-hmm. them back into the community. But it's it's something where we understand that our economy was jump started from foreign investment. And that was with Rockefeller mm-hmm. coming in and starting the first resort in Virgin God, a little big space. And so now it's, it's Rosewood, Little Dix. And it's been there since the 70s. So, you mm-hmm. know, we understand that there have been some positive experiences as well as mm-hmm. the negative ones. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, we, we know that if the policy the right policies are done and enforced, mm-hmm. of course, that we will have better outcomes than we than we have now. So I you know, okay. we, we have to appreciate you know, the complexities are all out of those. Yeah, things. and
2: it's a balance, right? I mean, I know some people want to take a position, they're anti-development, they're anti this, anti that, You're pro environment means you're anti, you know. And I, for me, I find that there has to be a workable balance that has to be struck, right? Yeah. So um, the only thing that I'm anti really is child molesters and scammers and stuff like that, you know, murderers. Like those things are very, very clear cut. But when it comes to, you know, managing our infrastructure, building out our infrastructure, taking investors on board, I think there has to be some balance that has to be struck yeah. with those types of decisions. Yeah. It has well, listen, Shana, thank you so
7: much. We really appreciate
1: you, you for having, having us. The program.
7: Yes. Absolutely. And again, thanks for partnering with us. Um, yes. And again, we're, I think we're live on your Facebook page when we come up. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so persons, you know, they can tune in through there and everything is yeah. integrated. So, they'll be able to see the same live stream coming off a territory stock. But, you know, we appreciate all our audiences across all of our overseas territories because we have quite a following now. Mm-hmm. And again, it's for them that we do this and we always welcome, you know, the feedback in terms of topics that we want to to discuss and, and they want to hear more about. So we're going to make that happen for them in this season three. All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much. Have a good one. All right, thank you. Have all a good right, day, everybody righty,
2: Bye bye. I like how um, Curtis said that he loves how she said Dala, <laughs> the accent. So listen, a couple things I want to touch on. The time just goes by so quickly in the mornings. You know, it's it's so crazy to think that we started out as a two hour show initially from 730 to 930. And then the guys over at DMS were like, well, Sandy, you're just starting to get good around 9.30. Let's push it to 10. I was like, oh, okay. And the next thing you know, it's 10.30. It's a three-hour show. Listen, folks, talking for three hours ain't always easy. I don't care how much you love to talk, especially if you're trying to talk sense and not nonsense. It's a lot. But so thankful. We always got something to talk about. Let me give you guys a couple updates. Yesterday, we mentioned um, on the program that the family of Mr. Omar Ryan, who's now deceased at the hands of, allegedly, but it was caught on camera and everything was pretty much there, at the hands of um, uh, Brian Welcome, can now know that the process has started. Brian has been charged with murder, and he is going to be appearing in court today. Yes, that's that requires a... All right. It's going to be a long road, folks. Someone messaged me and said, oh, the trial is starting today. I said, no, honey child. They're just charging him. And they will provide the bundle to his attorneys. He may not. I mean, I heard he was on the phone calling his attorney. I don't know if he decided on that attorney yet or not. But this is just the beginning. This is going to be a long process unless he pleads guilty, maybe. It'll be a little bit shorter. Um, He may not. And if he doesn't, it's jury Grand court, date six, seven, eight months out before you can even get a date. It's going to be, this is just the beginning, honey Chill. Keep the faith. Yesterday, we also mentioned the program that the family needs to speak to an attorney, a civil attorney, and look at their options in terms of a wrongful death litigation lawsuit. Well, I guess his wife may have been listening to the program and they think that they're smart, but I hope they know that we have eyes and ears everywhere. And we know what's going on and we're paying attention. So th- this is, this to me is very deceptive. Like I don't like people who are deceptive. I don't like liars. And I don't like people who try to fool people because that's what we're here for. We're here to make sure that you, the people do not get hoodwinked. And um lo and behold, what I now know, um let me just You know, what I now know is that um, apparently, as of yesterday, they started stripping down the decals and the signage off of the vehicles as well as the warehouse. So I was thinking about that. I thought to myself, hmm, does that mean that they're going to be shutting down operations? Like, what is it that they're trying to do? Well, lo and behold, um, they only did that after yesterday's show because in the morning they were out uh, making their deliveries to the various grocery stores. Uh, not concerned the least about, you know, what had transpired, not even having a day of mourning where they're like, oh, you know, let's just take a minute and, you know, reflect on the fact that the owner of this business has taken somebody's life. Mm -mm. They wasn't too business with that, my dear child. So um, they started stripping down. So let me show you what the vehicles look like beforehand. So here is uh, the trucks with all of the logos and decals and whatever. And then this is what they started doing yesterday afternoon. Let me p- pull up my little evidence. Y'all know we come with the receipts, honey, chell. So then they started stripping down the vehicles, removing everything. I- I'm not even sure what they think they're doing because to me that's just stupid. So somebody running the operations now, not bright at all. They sound like they might be a little bit dumber than this man who run somebody over uh, the way in which he did. But anywho, um, now they have removed... All of the decals and so on from the vehicles in an effort to um, still go about their business and not be seen, I guess. I guess that's what they think is gonna happen. I'm not really too sure because, like I said, this makes zero logical sense to me, but this is what they've done. Look, they've stripped off of the vans all of the um, decals that would have said, what's the name of his business again? Whatever produce. Yeah, they've stripped them off. Look at that. Isn't that crazy? Pretty wild, right? They've taken them all off. They've taken, up the, taken off the big sign off of the building already. Look at that. So this is before. See the big sign at the top? Yesterday afternoon, pulled it down already. Well, this is his wife here in this picture. Um, apparently she is originally from Jamaica, but I think she may have status. And I guess he jumped in that situation. That's how he got his uh, right to remain in the Cayman Islands. Um so yeah this is what they're out there doing but they're still doing deliveries here's footage that somebody just sent me of them doing deliveries
6: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. yep still out doing deliveries honey
1: chill
2: nothing has changed they they actually delivered to fosters and some of the other grocery stores and stuff as well hurley's and whoever they got some big clients and see There they are loading up to go do their deliveries. Wow. Come back cold-hearted. Um, I wonder if he has a limited company set up or if he's just trading as... Either way, contact a lawyer. Make them take care of his two children now. They're left fatherless.
6: Mm-hmm. Like I said,
2: we got eyes and ears everywhere. They're out doing a delivery this morning. Now that they stripped down the van. Poor them. Ay, ay, ay. Not too smart, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. There they are.
6: Mm-hmm. Tell them, sir. So Goddamn time. Mm-hmm. Nah, for run me killer.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, brother. Tell them. Anyway, um, like I said, uh, I'm not sure what they're thinking. How this makes any sense. All right.
4: All right.
2: He was. Here he Come said, on. "Run over me, <laughs> You don't want him to do that. Come trust me.
4: On. He might. He might do that. that
2: he might. He might try to run you over. So don't. Don't. Don't tempt him, Naida. Don't tempt him because he might try to do it. Might try you Call her. Yes, sir. One mess. Well, why you hiding? That you need to hide. I would. I would love to know. I oh, would okay. love to know.
5: Oh, okay then.
2: Yep. They still collecting <laughs> their money. Marshall says, <laughs> "Dumb and dumber." People's Choice. <laughs> Um, no, Sofinya, she's not a Caymanian. I verified that because you know, I sent that to a few people, and they say, "Oh, she's not no Caymanian, child. She got status. She she might have been here a long time, but she's she's you know, real Komanians gonna tell you she's not Caymanian. I'm just telling you.
4: Okay. She has status. So
2: um, they say they, they not, not a, they not got a cleaner.
4: I was just going to say some got standing line sometimes to be clean. Oh and, um... God! So <laughs> here that, here that, the that,
2: here the story. Now I'm, I'm bringing you the rest of the sus. Um, so keep listening as it relates to the video. So call me please later
5: on this afternoon?
2: say that again, sorry. Would you call me please later on this afternoon? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. I'll call you after the show. So, um, in terms of the CCTV footage, so, um, he was driving his Audi. Thank you so much to this, um, caller. They've reviewed the footage. And he did not leave the scene. So there was some discrepancy about whether or not he left the scene and went home. He did not leave the scene. Um, and he called and declared himself, as what they're saying. Okay, he turned himself in. Like, that's going to make a difference. He was also seen <clears throat> on CCTV footage kicking Omar after he ran him over. Let me say that again. He was also seen on CCTV footage kicking A dying man, or he might have already been dead, who knows, after he ran him over. If there was ever a case for capital punishment, wow, I could make a good argument for this one. Lord Jesus, take the wheel and do what you can with it because this is so disgusting. Who runs over a man and then turns around and kicks him? Jesus, on peace. No, sir. He, he need a good swift kick in his own head if you ask me. But anyway, we, we're nonviolent people. So we'll, we'll just think about it. All right. You guys remember um, this other con artist by the name of Keith Barnes Jr. This guy is the, is the guy that keeps on stealing from people um, no matter what. So yesterday I was contacted by another victim. Now listen to me. Y'all got to start paying attention. Y'all have got to start paying attention. When we put somebody up on this platform as a scammer, taking money from people, sh- share that with your friends. Because it is through that knowledge and understanding that you are going to be able to know to avoid this person. Somebody says she's a born Caymanian. Her mother's from Georgetown. We grew up as neighbors. And her dad was in Town, Logan minzette. Oh, somebody said she came here as a young person. Well, I was certainly... I will certainly correct that person, um, who said that. And, uh, Alla has now st- stood corrected. She's a born Manian. either way. She looked like she's a born fool right now with some of the decisions that she's obviously making with the business, but anywho, that's on her. Still hire your civil lawyer and go after whatever assets he has. I don't care if it's a trading as or a limited company, go after the assets. Okay, let's move on. um, so, um, yeah, I heard she was from Swamp. But anyway, let's move on. So this guy Brian, uh, what's his name? Keith, Keith Barnes Jr. This man is a common thief, and he found himself yet another victim. So when we mention the reason why we put these people up publicly and why we name them, is y'all have got to stop. Oh my God, falling prey to them. Yeah. Get it together, folks. He managed to get another two thousand dollars out of somebody a couple days ago. This um, lady, this is her pension money that she had saved up. Talking about he got a car for sale. This brother don't have his underwear for sale, much less a car. He don't have nothing to sell you. And I'm, listen, the RCIPS is well aware of the man. Finally. Finally, 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 this morning, they picked him up. Mm, mm, mm. He has finally been arrested. Oh, my gosh. At least this one is off of the streets. They picked him up, handcuffed him. He's in custody now. Oh, my God. I'm going to go ahead and report that to the other little guy that he stole $3,000 to, because I'm sure he's going to be so happy to hear that. Listen, folks. Stop being fooled. You you have an obligation to yourself to protect yourself from con artists and abusers and all these people. That's why you got to stay in the know. You got to know what's going on. You've got to take information and use it wisely. In this day and age, $2,000 is a lot of money. $3,000 is a lot of money. Do not part. With your hard earned money with these scammers who are claiming they have something to sell you. You need to see the car, the logbook, ID, everything that's in his name. Don't trust people out in these streets. Dean says, obviously, this person that tuned into CMR and the cold hard truth, right? I feel so bad for her because the man sending her voice notes, promising her, oh, you're going to get your $2,000 back. He's a con artist. Hear what he tell her yesterday. Listen to these voice notes. I pick up this other paperwork and I come that's, uh, mm-hmm. this be there, right? All of them can just kindly hold on. When you doing this, we're going to get it sorted today, okay? Listen, I was, I'm was i coming to you, right? But
1: mm-hmm. you have people,
2: you have your husband bugging you. You mm-hmm. have all these people saying things to you so then you start to pressure me. I'm trying to get everything worked out the best way I can for you. I told you I was coming, you know?
1: Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
2: Mm-mm. I didn't want to speak to you. I wouldn't answer anything. I answer every message that you send me. So just give me a few minutes. I am coming there. I'm sorting something out to get to you. Mm-mm. You understand? Whoever's bothering you is to forget about them. it mean you're doing the business. Really? Really? I mean you talked about her. everything is fine. You understand? I'm coming. Yeah. It's because these other people know he's a crook. And they're like, honey, you just been hoodwinked. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, he's been picked up. Thank you, Miss Olive. My God. So many people crooking people in the hardest of times. Get it together. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, um, anybody else <clears throat> that he is crooked? What I suggest you now do is you contact the RCIPS so that they can build a case with multiple charges against him. That's how somebody like him um, goes to court, goes to jail once convicted for years. Build a strong case. Demonstrate to the court, whether it's judge or jury, that look at all these different people he's trying to sell one car to that he don't even have. That's not in his name because he don't own no car. Huh? Yeah. So that when they send his behind to northward, it's for a good stay. Make sure y'all are giving statements to the RCAPS. You've got to do that much. And you've got to be willing to assist the process as much as you can. Good morning to Miss Maggie. How are you, honey child? So good to see you. All right, folks, that wraps up our show. We never did get to talk about the rape case. So we'll, we'll put that on until tomorrow. Let me look at my calendar now and tell you what guests we have coming on. So tomorrow's program is CUC. Um, Thursday, we've got recover that's coming on. And then I need to confirm with the premiere because I think he's coming on Thursday as well. So let me just confirm him. And then on Friday, uh Oh, which, which day is my steps people coming on? I know they're coming this week as well. Um, Oh gosh, I need to double check, but they're coming on this week as well. All right um so good to see all of you here um no richard never got his money back from that guy he's been arrested for stealing from um the other place there where he was working agriculture oh my goodness i tell you people absolutely ridiculous anyway good people um please be safe out there don't get hoodwinked by anyone you guys have a fantastic day and uh i'll see you tomorrow morning